the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I think I'm ready now. Trying to get it all to come together. The computer was giving us some problems. It wouldn't sign on, so we had to shut it all the way down and just kind of hard start it. And finally, uh, it's back now. I'm trying to get my what we call the dashboard. And all that says is that it allows me to access all the different components for the show for news and things of that nature. So it's just something that we're trying to get done. And a couple of pieces didn't print off on the printer like they were supposed It's just one of those days. It's a Wednesday. It's middle of the weekday. I guess all the equipment thinks it's Tuesday, but really it's Wednesday, all right? We got we got that Monday off, and hopefully everything will be back uh, and, and going along fine now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got uh, several things to talk about today. Got some sound for you I think that you'll find entertaining. Uh, John, would you do me one favor? Would you go back on the Sun Network and grab that cut number one that they got from uh, Senator Klobuchar? I got to play that. It it amazes me when political people start grabbing hold of movies and saying that real life is a movie. <laughs> And and she did. She she got she got all excited and started talking about uh, the movie. The day after tomorrow is today, because you know the left is just sold out completely on uh, climate change. I mean, they are gaga nuts about it. Just I think most of them don't believe it, but they they perpetrate it and they get out and they beat the drum for it just because uh, they think they're going to get a few more uh, younger votes if uh, they can convince everybody that it's, uh, how can I say, uh, it's, a, it's a real thing. So Dorian, I'm looking here, has now moved its way basically past Florida and uh, is starting to affect Georgia, and will soon move far enough along that South Carolina will be uh, messed with it. It is a Category 2, way down from that Category 5, and and that's a good thing. I'm good. I know that at our church, I'm sure probably at your church, we all uh, prayed that um, they all, they'd be spared that Category 5 as big as it was, and We've been praying for the Bahamas as well after the thing rolled over there, uh, over their island, and just tore it up. I mean, tore it up. Kind of reminded me back on Guam when I was stationed over there, Typhoon Rita, which at that time had the uh, lowest isobar reading 
ever for a typhoon, and it came across Guam, and it uh, had sustained maximum winds of over 200 miles an hour, and it went across the island, went out to Saipan, went around Saipan, and then came back and came across us again, turned around and came back a third time. Now, it, it had lost a lot of its power when it came back on the third time around. But uh, a lot of the work that they had wanted to get done for uh, Guam on the base, on Anderson Air Force Base, that they had been putting it off and putting it off. Well, Rita made sure that they did it because Rita came through and uh, there were people still living in, of all things, Quonset huts back in the uh, the late 70s. And it just took those Quonset huts and pulled them apart. And that metal was flying through the air. Uh, my station manager, uh, Tech Sergeant Ridgeway, should try to get Ralph on sometime. He still lives on Guam. He loves it out there. Uh, a big piece of that tin that was that made up those Quonset huts came flying through the air and, and spinning and and spinning and just cut through cut through the uh the side of his car opened it up like a can opener it's the only time that i've ever seen a dumpster you know those ones with the double thing that flaps on the top that you fill up tumbling down the street not sideways and over but end over end in the wind. I mean, it was some storm. I had to be at work uh, for the night shift when it came through, and it had it came across Guam. Seems to me at about four o'clock, and so I went on in early because, to be honest with you, I didn't want to be out in the middle of that storm uh, trying to make it between the barracks and stuff and out to the uh, where the uh, base radio station was while that thing was you know one the eye walls was hitting this or whatever and i left from my barracks uh from about oh i'm thinking two hours before it was supposed to land and already they had stretched the ropes in between all of the dorms and everything when you, it's kind of like when you're in a whiteout and you can't see anything and so you go out and you grab and you pull pull yourself along and we had you know you had your we, we had uh, our slickers on and i had my my boots on to protect uh you know my uniform and whatnot and i'm going to tell you what it felt like somebody was hitting me in the face with gravel these were raindrops hitting me and they hurt had some uh, had several bruises from it got to the station and that was uh, to say the least one of the more uh, adventuresome times in my life. Uh, we were having problems staying on the air because the power kept going out. We had our own power supply, but then uh, one of the the uh, wires burnt out, and we moved, we ran a we ran a wire from the back where the uh, generator was to the front where the transmitter was, and we started taking water coming in under the doors because the water was blowing so hard 
couldn't stop it from making its way in. It was leaking in anywhere where there was a crack at all. I mean, this was stuff that had been, you know, they had filled them up with all kinds of gunk and everything. Still were leaking like crazy. And that wire that carried all that power was about three foot off the top of that water. And I just, I'm looking at that and I'm going, man, if that thing happens to fall, we're all going to fry, right? (laughs) We weren't laughing then. I'm just telling you, that water kept coming in and coming in and uh, Ridgeway was making the decision on whether and Diverger uh, were making uh, the the decision on if we should shut the, the station down, but it was the only link uh, any communications whatsoever on the island. So we were broadcasting across Anderson, all across Dededo, and and the different small villages, and across the Ganya, and down to Big Navy. And keeping, they had to change all the housing after the storm came through, and they uh, they uh, made all of those homes look like pillboxes. He came in with uh, some kind of new technology and uh, and sprayed the outsides of the houses literally with what looked like uh, six more inches of concrete. They put on these uh, heavy-duty shutters that would literally take the shot of a coconut in 200-mile-an-hour winds and not give. I mean, you you just can't imagine. I'm I'm thinking in the Bahamas there was a lot of stuff whipping around out there. Some people drown during hurricanes, but a lot of people get stuck outside. You get stuck outside. There's no telling what's going to hit you. You know, I mean, if there's if there's uh, lumber that gets ripped off of houses or anything, it gets hurled through the through the air. It's very 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 dangerous, to say the least. All right, about 18 minutes after, we've got to get our first break in. When we come back, uh, former Governor Huckabee talking about this pack that is out there to try to, quote, help. And let me use air quotations here. Uh, help uh, draft Sarah Huckabee Sanders for uh, governor of Arkansas. It's the... Uh, Draft Sarah Huckabee Sanders for Arkansas Political Action Committee. We're going to talk about that because uh, the former governor says they ain't involved in this in any way, shape, or form. Tell you what the governor had to say when we come back. Dave Ellswick Show here on uh, 1011 FM, The Answer. Hey, don't forget about Allstate Insurance with uh, Dwayne Smith's insurance agency, they really want to get, do a sit-down with you, a one-on-one. That's the best way to decide how good your insurance is and if you're getting the best bang for your buck. Uh, what you need to do is just call Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency at 501-819-0373. That's 501-819-0373 and talk to Dwayne or some of his professionals like Jerry or any of the other guys that are over there. And uh, they'll set up a time for you to come in at your convenience to their uh, offices at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. 
Uh, bring all of your insurance uh, forms with you, your car insurance, your uh, home insurance. Uh, bring in your life insurance, your motorcycle insurance, any kind of insurance that you've got, and uh, sit down with them. And what they will do is help you figure out how Allstate can lower your premium and extend out your coverage. I mean, it's, it's be nice just to save money, wouldn't it, and get the same coverage? But what if you could save money and get better coverage? And that's what they're going to try to do for you at Dwayne Smith's Insurance Agency. They are an all-state uh, agency, and all you need to do is call them, 501-819-0373, 501-819-0373. All right, so let's talk about this pack because, look, I've heard everything there is about this pack. You know that. Sarah is the one who is starting it and yada, yada, yada. That means for sure she's running for governor uh, of Arkansas. And that's just not true. She hasn't made up her mind if she's going to do that. In fact, the only thing that I know that uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has decided is to work for Breitbart. And she writes for them. And then she works for Fox News. That's the only two things that have come out about her. Is she, you know, testing the waters? You know, I would think it would be remiss of her if she didn't. Of course, she should be looking to see what things look like as far as running uh, for governor. But uh, as far as she making any uh, indication that she is, that hasn't happened. You know, everybody made a big deal because she went out and I guess spoke at the governor's conference as though that means that she's running for governor. A lot of people have gone out and spoke at the governor's con- uh, uh, conference and, and haven't uh, been looking to run for governor anywhere. Anyway, uh, Frank Lockwood wrote an article about this on Monday for the Arkansas dim gas. And uh, here's what uh, it says. Re- reading the first paragraph for you. There are better uses for money than donating it to the draft Sarah Huckabee Sanders for Arkansas Political Action Committee that, according to her father, Mike Huckabee, the majority uh, or the priority for now is the 2020 election cycle, not 2022, he told the uh, Arkansas Democrat Gazette via text message. Sarah's focus and the one she hopes donors will make a priority is to reelect President Donald Trump and elect Republicans at every level, but especially at the House and Senate levels. Sarah is not a candidate for any office right now. Her singular goal is to help the president and other Republicans in the 2020 cycle. Any contributions made to an unauthorized pack, and this is his words now, would be better made to 2020 races. He's making it clear. Give your money, you know, to candidates or give it to other PACs here in the state that are going to help, uh, you know, candidates, uh, Republican candidates. Give it to the Republican Party. Uh, Sanders, of course, the former White House press secretary, hasn't commented on the new committee. 
Huckabee said he can't vouch for the new PAC, which is urging his daughter to run for governor three years from now. And again, quoting uh, Governor Huckabee, uh, neither Sarah nor anyone connected to her has anything, in all caps, anything to do with it. The person who launched it is unknown to everyone in Sarah's family, her political orbit, or her circle of friends. The PAC's stated mission is to explore and measure the level of support for the continuity or the continually to continually promote the potential election of Sarah Huckabee Sanders as Arkansas's governor 2022. As grassroots supporters of Sarah Huckabee Sanders goes on to say, and President Trump, we want to show a groundswell of support for Sarah Huckabee Sanders nationwide to encourage her should she choose to run for office in Arkansas. Now, this PAC was created back in June, and it has no Arkansans. This should wor- just to worry everybody. has no Arkansans on its board until late last week. Its newly recruited chairman, Jared Shelton of Nashville, has no previous political campaign experience. The group's treasurer is Patrick Crayson of Charleston, West Virginia. They've overseen a string of other PACs, including several centered on marijuana legalization. He typically receives 10 to 12% of net funds raised, he told the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Asked about Huckabee's advice to potential donors, Shelton said, I don't have anything to do with the money part of it. I'm just out trying to help Sarah win. Well, if you're getting 10 to 12% of it, of course you have something to do with the money part of it. I mean, uh, you know, thing ra- they raise a million dollars or something, you stand to make some money. Right now, they're not doing much of anything. They're kind of looking like that hurricane out there, Dorian, just kind of spinning and moving really, 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 really slow. In May... Uh, Crayson was convicted in absentia of driving on a suspended or revoked license and of failing to appear in court. And according to Virginia court records, the license was suspended due to an unpaid ticket, he told the Democrat Gazette. Crayson was fined as in the process of paying what he owes. Initially, the PAC's bank was in California, then in West Virginia. Last week, First State Bank of Nashville was added to the list and then removed replaced by Red River Credit Union, FEC. Uh, A West Virginia bank remains listed, though. Thus far, the pro-Sanders PAC has collected less than $10,000, Grayson said, although he predicted that figure was going to uh, rise. We've only sent uh, fundraising messages two times this week, he said in an interview on Friday. Grayson has never been... Uh, to Arkansas and doesn't know the Huckabees, he told Dem Gaz, but he was paying attention on June 13th, the day Sanders' resignation as press secretary began public, became public. And, of course, that's when uh, the president told her she should come back to Arkansas and run for governor. And because he said that, of course, everybody assumed that made it so in the mind of uh, Sarah, and I don't know if that's the case or not. 
Nobody knows because she's not talking. I put in the ask that she come on and, and sit and talk about what her future might be uh, bringing. And there's some other people I know that are trying to get a hold of her. But uh, as of this time, I've not heard from her. All right, so let's take a break. We'll get our break in for news, and then we'll come back, and I'll finish up talking about this specific uh, story when we get back. All right, so when we left, we were talking about this uh, pack that uh, is trying to uh, get Sarah Sanders, Huckabee Sanders to run for governor here in the state of uh, Arkansas. But everybody who's basically involved in it is not an Arkansan. In fact, the only Arkansan involved with it is uh, a chairman here in Arkansas now, Jared Shelton. He's from Nashville. Uh, That's the only Arkansas connection at all. And there's no connections to the Huckabees. There's no connections uh, to anybody evidently close to Sarah. So the group is up and running. Uh, it's a website on, on their website promoting the PAC highlights one of Trump's June 13 tweets and solicits donations. Thursday, last Thursday, it switched its address from Washington to Nashville, according to FEC filings. Quote, please help financially support our outreach work. So we can let Sarah know Arkansas and America are behind her 100%. That's what the web page states. Please note U.S. individuals and green card holders, as well as U.S. businesses, may donate unlimited amounts to the draft Sarah Hucker Arkansas PAC. Please be generous and donate now. Now, former Governor Huckabee, meanwhile, portrayed the efforts as unsanctioned and premature. Going back and going to read his direct quote. While it's always nice to know people support Sarah and appreciate her service, an out-of-state PAC soliciting funds for a campaign for her when she has barely had time to move home and get her kids in school is not something any of her family and my friends are part of in any way. Now, I asked whether he would like to see Sanders run for Governor Huckabee said, quote, I would support all my children and whatever they did. Only she can determine if that's something she will pursue someday. So if you read between the lines, the governor's telling you, do not give money to this group. Uh, and you got to question this group and what they're doing. It really does. i be very interested uh, as we get a little further along. have to keep our eyes open on that and see what's, uh, what's going on as, as far as it is concerned. I, you know, I I have the funny feel it smells and is being run, I think, kind of like a scam. The only thing missing on this, uh, John, maybe you, see if you agree with me. The only thing that's missing on this that definitely 
says that it's a scam is that it's not a Nigerian prince. <laughs> he's he's giving me a, a thumbs up on that. Just saying. And I think it, it just doesn't smell right to me. Now they they have they've gotten ten or ten thousand dollars. That ain't nothing. I'm sure whoever is running this thought that they'd get a whole lot more than that. But I believe that pack is, you know, in all honesty, how many people worry about the state of Arkansas? Now, be you know, it'd be a different thing if it was like Texas. I'm, I have nothing against this state. I love this state. I have been in this state for 19 years as of Labor Day and of this year, and I'll be, uh, you know, I'm heading in for 20. That's something I want to do. But in the grand scheme of politics, Arkansas is not ground zero at all. So uh, in, in all, in, in, in deferral to, to Doyle Webb, I think that he would agree with me when I say that, you know, there's bigger fish out there to be won first than uh, Arkansas. Now, I will tell you, Arkansas has led the we led the way in uh we were the first uh state uh, GOP that had Trump in talked to the people came in here I remember going to hear him speak and thought that he did a really great job we had uh another uh, we had a big uh you know meeting and uh you know, you know, fire burner over there at Barton Coliseum. <laughs> so the bottom line is a lot of great things happened uh, and has happened here in, in the state. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, Governor Huckabee has had a, uh, you know, good presence on Fox News. He's got a national, he's run for president. He's got a national, got national recognition. His daughter has national recognition but uh, overall in the scheme of things electoral votes and things we're small potatoes so i don't know how many people outside the state of arkansas would give to this pack if um, money is going to go to them i think it's going to have to come uh the majority large majority from the state of arkansas and if you're from the state of Arkansas, why would you give to a pack that hardly, it, it only has one person from the state of Arkansas on it and one of the main movers and shakers of the state in the Republican Party, former Governor Huckabee, is telling you, beware, basically. I mean, he's saying, beware of this group. They have nothing to do with it. Let me quote him again. Uh, he says, please, uh, they're saying, please help financially. Uh, he says it's unsanctioned and premature. While it's always nice to know people support Sarah and appreciate her service, an out-of-state PAC soliciting funds for a campaign for her when she's barely had time to move home, get her kids in school, is not something any of her family and friends are part of in any way. And it makes sense that uh, I think you should hold your powder if you're a uh, supporter of uh, 
of Sarah. Way I uh, I look at uh, at that. All right, don't forget about PI Roofing Home Solutions. They're ready to take care of your roof. Uh, I consider them the best roofing company here in Central Arkansas. Uh, they're the ones who have fixed my roof a few times. Uh, they replaced my roof, and then when uh, the folks from DirecTV came out and took down when we used to have to have an HD antenna, and it looked like this huge fly swatter that they put on the back of your house, uh, they didn't take care of sealing the holes that the bolts had gone through, and they came out and they fixed it because I had a leak going into my bedroom. And then and if they've taken good close, and then I had a little flashing that was leaking as well, and they took care of that. They're the best, I'm going to tell you. They send the professional out. You say, you know, I want you to come out and look at my roof, and do I need a new roof? They come out. They walk the roof. They look at your roof. They check the shingles. Uh, as they're walking on the roof, they're they're seeing if the um, you know the the wood underneath of the shingles and the and the felt is spongy or it's solid, and and they'll tell you what you need to have done, and then they'll work with your insurance company to make sure that it gets done, and you're only out of pocket, you know what it is that you got to pay for. Uh, being like your deductible, usually around $1,000. That's what I had to pay. I had a $1,000 deductible. I paid that, and the insurance paid the rest, and they did a fantastic job. They'll do the fantastic job for you as well. Find out more about what they'll do for your roof, just go to their website, piroofing.com. That's piroofing, one word, dot com. All right, something that I uh, didn't get to yesterday and I wanted to talk about with uh, R.D. was that the city of Cabot evidently is taking over ownership of the senior center. And uh, according to uh, my uh, discussions with R.D., is uh, we're looking at about a $200,000 uh, extra weight on the city budget. And I'd like to talk to you about that. Uh, here in a moment. But right now, I want to remind you about Sonny's Auto Salvage since I'm talking about RD and what they can do for you. Yesterday, RD brought me uh, a, another, a used from a uh, well maintained total loss vehicle rear window wiper for an Acadia. And I didn't get it put it on last night. I got to put it on tonight and uh, have my rear wiper blade back. It was torn off at a at a car wash uh, there in Cabot, and now uh, I'm finally going to get one back. Uh, if you need anything from as small as a, a rear, uh, you know, a wiper uh, to an engine or a transmission, both of which I've put into my Acadia and uh, am getting uh, just super results from, all of their parts comes with a one, two, or three-year warranty on all parts. Every part's guaranteed and, again, comes with that standard warranty. And um, on top of that, uh, you know, these parts are in good shape. They're EOMs. They are the original parts that went into some car that, for whatever reason, was in an accident. 
and the out the body was crumpled up and things of that nature and to fix it it uh, the insurance company thought well you know what makes more sense just to pay out what the car is worth than to fix it and so um, they total it and so um, somebody's loss is going to be your gain i put uh, an engine and a transmission in mine along with a rear <laughs> rear light I've done a lot of stuff with uh, with Sonny's over the last year and a half, and it saved me a lot of, of money. As far as the engine and the transmission goes, instead of doing a rebuilt or going out and buying a new car, a new car, you know, I'm looking at maybe four to six hundred dollars a month, if not more, uh, monthly to have a new car, or uh, to uh, you know get a rebuilt engine and cost me uh, you know four or five thousand dollars, you know. I didn't pay that much for the engine and the transmission uh, for my Acadia. I saved a a sizable chunk of money and all because uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage is your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Live by my model. You know, you'll go green when it saves you green. And uh, you can use recycled auto parts. Be better for the environment and better for your bank account. 982-7451, the number to call. That's 982-7451. Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice in uh, auto parts. Best thing that you can do. Go that way and do that. So this $200,000 is going to be picked up by uh, the city. And it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to deal with it. Uh, I will just tell my fellow uh, residents of, of Cabot, it would not surprise me to see the city somehow want to raise taxes. I don't know how they're going to, you know, come up with 200K without, you know, putting a tax or a fee which is nothing more than another way to say tax on something. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens uh, as far as uh, this is concerned. All right. So, uh, you know, you in the cabin, keep me up to date on this. Uh, I'll be watching and I'll be talking to my sources up there. But it'd be, uh, it's going to behoove you to let your uh, city council person know something's got to be done here because it's going to going to cost the citizens uh, more more money. I guess they don't have enough people going there and using the facility and paying uh, the amount of money that's necessary to pay the note on this particular uh, bill. And you know, and on top of that, that's not fair to the other. Uh, health centers right there in Cabot, whether it's 10 Fitness or the one that's over there on, um, uh, was it uh, Highway 5? Uh, a, I can't think of what road that is. Going out there towards uh, Holland Bottom Farm, just one on the right-hand side. One has already shut down. I mean, uh, there's only so many of these uh, facilities that you're able to support in a city the size uh, of of Cabot. 
And with the uh, with the government being a main player in this, I mean, they've got a pool, they've got a racquetball court, they've got the big uh, area so you can, of course, lift weights and whatnot. You can go over and play basketball there. Uh, you know, I think they play volleyball during the season and a lot of other different uh, sports. You've got a walking track on top. Here's what I'm saying. And you've got to pay to be to go there. I mean, it's uh, – and the amount that you pay there is, you know, just about pretty close to the same amount that you pay at the other places, maybe just a little bit less. Uh, this just coming into me, State Representative John Eubanks – uh, has announced that he is indeed going to seek re-election at the urging of his constituents that he served since 2011. Eubanks represents District 74, which includes parts of Logan, Franklin, Scott, and Sebastian counties. One of the top leaders in the Arkansas House of Representatives, Eubanks, has been chosen by two different speakers to serve as Speaker Pro Tem of the House, a position he has held since, uh, you know, 2015. Eubanks currently serves on House Rules, Joint Budget, Education, State Agencies Committees. In addition, he is an ex officio member of the Arkansas Legislative Council and alternate on legislative joint auditing. Previously, Eubanks had decided not to seek re-election, but he said the continued urging from constituents and colleagues, including Senator Gary Stubblefield, prompted him to seek another term. Quote, I'm very humbled by the support and encouragement I have received to seek a new term as state representative, said Eubanks. The opportunity to represent the people of District 74 is a great honor and to have the unique opportunity to do so at the highest levels of state government gives me the ability to continue the positive direction of our state. Governor Hutchinson said that John Eubanks has worked hard for District 74 and has been an effective leader in the legislature. I'm delighted he's running for re-election, and I support him, unquote. This past legislation legislative session, Eubanks led the effort to expand the practice of optometry, bringing better health care opportunities to rural Arkansans. Additionally, he supported efforts by Governor Hutchinson to continue lowering income taxes and to narrow the number of state agencies from 43 down to 15. Quoting Eubanks, Republicans made a commitment to reduce taxes and we successfully achieved that for every single taxpaying Arkansan. We are continuing to make state governments smaller and more efficient, and voters are beginning to see the positive impact that is, that's having across the state through record unemployment and highest wage growth in the nation. He and his wife, Janet, operate a cattle farm. He's the past president of the local Farm Bureau, Paris Boys and Girls Club, and the Paris Rotary Club. Before being elected state representative, he served on the Paris School Board, he and Janet have four children and eight grandchildren. So Eubanks is running back for a representative uh, again. He had said earlier in the year he didn't think that he would do that, but because of his constituents and because people like Senator Gary Stubblefield have asked him 
to continue to run, uh, he is he is going uh, to do that. And I'm looking here at some other stuff that's just coming in. Uh, Andrew McCabe to fundraise for Democrats as a Justice Department is considering his indictment. I'm sure all of the people that are running for office will just be pleased to have somebody that uh, may be found guilty of felonies out on the campaign trail with them. Don't think that's going to be something they're going to be excited uh, to have around them. All right, when we come back, some sound for you from uh, some of the different people running for the Democrat nomination. We'll hear from Joe Biden on the campaign trail. We'll hear from Whoopi Goldblum, Goldberg, who blasted uh, Deborah Messing. As she targeted a bunch of uh, conservatives out there in Hollywood saying, yeah, we want to find out who we shouldn't be wanting to act with. Hmm, sounds like McCarthyism in uh, a Democrat form uh, to me. Plus, Klobuchar and her love of the day after the movie and why she thinks it shows us what global warming's doing to us today. All that's coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get into the uh, 3 o'clock hour. Don't forget, at the bottom of the hour, at about 3.35, we'll be hearing from Congressman French Hill, as we do on every Wednesday. Uh, We've got several topics we'll uh, uh, cover with him. We'll talk about uh, the president moving forward to divert $3.6 billion from military projects for border wall security. Media overreaction to the USCIS policy memo on adopted children of military families and unveiling the new flat side wilderness sign in the Bethune Woods. So we got a lot of different things to cover with him and uh, we shall do so. I'm sitting here looking right now. What do we got? Applied research. Okay, applied research coming up. Uh, we'll be talking about them as well. Got to. Uh, Three pieces of audio I got to play for you today that I think uh, are indicative of the time uh, that we <laughs> we live in. Uh, Joe Biden got another piece from him. He's out on the campaign trail, and I'm going to give him credit this time that he was being honest. He's they start talking about him. You know what happens if you don't get the nomination and all of that. There's all this kind of question and answer kind of thing going around him. And uh, here's what what he said. I think at this moment in time, I'm the most qualified person to do it. Could I die happily not having held a chief play for me? Yeah, (laughs) I could. That's not why I'm running. The irony is the longer I've been around, the less that appeals to me. I've watched up close and personal what eight years in the White House is like. And I watched it. And it's not something that I can hardly wait to move in the White House. That's probably the the best answer I've heard from Biden this whole campaign thus far. That was, I thought, one of the more, uh, how, we, how do we say, uh, truthful uh, statements uh, from him. To be honest, I don't know who would want to really be president of the United States. I know that. I wouldn't want to be president of the United States. You watch them go in and it doesn't take eight years. It just takes four years. And you'll see 
how all of that responsibility is weighing on that person and ages them uh, right before your eyes. I mean, uh, President Obama for a long time covered up the gray that was showing up in his hair by having his hair dyed because uh, when he stopped dyeing it, there was a ton of gray in his hair. That was coming from distress. Just Google sometime. Uh, you know, you can start start with Clinton if you want to. Go back all the way to, to Reagan or, or Carter or any of them and ask for a picture of them before they were president and after they were president. And Google will bring those pictures up for you. And you'll be stunned at how hard uh, these folks age. You know, I don't... Uh, Gotta say it be, I guess it would be okay to be in that position where you can make decisions and try to lead the country in what would be the proper way, perhaps that you believe and your party believes is correct. But still, it'd be tough. Really, really, it's a really, really tough thing to do. All right, so. Whoopi Goldblum, uh, boy, I want to call her everything but her name, all right? Whoopi came out on uh, The View, and I very seldom, if I, I think maybe this may be the second time that I've agreed with her about anything, but Deborah Messing and some other guy from same TV show that she's on shows you how much I know about Messing. I don't even remember the name of the, uh, the Derek McCormick. Eric, that was the guy. Okay, thank you very much, John. Eric McCormick attacked uh, people in Hollywood that there's a fundraiser going on for the president and they wanted somebody to produce a list of all the people that went so they would know who backed Trump so that, uh, you know, the liberal, the, the, uh, the leftists out there didn't have to act with them. And I, I found that really interesting. I mean, yeah, they want they want their own blacklist is what they want. And Whoopi understood that. And she got, well, she got in, in their grills. And here's what she had to say. This is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. Listen, your, your idea of who you don't want to work with is your personal business. Do not encourage people to print out lists because the next list that comes out, your name will be on and then people will be coming after you. No one. You, we, nobody. We had something called the blacklist and a lot of really good people were accused of stuff. Nobody cared whether it was true or not. They all, they were accused yeah. and they lost their right to work. You don't have the right in this country. People can vote for who they want to. That is one of the great rights of this country. You don't have to like it, but you, we don't, we don't go after people because we don't like who they voted for. There you go. And I agree with that. You know, you make up your mind if there's an actor you want to go see a movie because you know that they're politically active and they're pouring, you know, millions of dollars into the candidates that uh, you don't agree with. You can make your decision, but I don't believe we should have lists 
of people and uh, who uh, does this or who does that. I, I just don't. I, I just don't think that that's right. And and I uh, I, I I agree with Whoopi there. I'm going to just tell you. We I, I, I tell Eric and Deborah this much, and she was right about this. You may not be on the list now, but you make a list like that. Sooner or later, you're going to be on a list you don't want to be on. And that's not a good thing. All right. Amy Klobuchar uh, from Minnesota uh, was showing her depth of knowledge about climate change yesterday. You're going to love this. I, I, I just want to laugh. I mean, you listened Biden yesterday. I was playing Biden. And uh, talking about uh, Dorian, the the hurricane that hit uh, the folks out in the Bahamas and just devastated them. I feel so sorry for them. The storm ran right over top of them, slowed down and just churned over them and and did uh, just all kinds of damage and how they're going to rebuild and how long it will take. uh, No one has an apt description and it just... This uh, Dorian now has just moved up the Florida coast, didn't make landfall, it's off the coast, and uh, it just got past Florida. Now it's a, it's a, having its way with the shores of uh, Georgia and soon to have its way with the the, uh, the shores of South and North Carolina. And it, it's churning out there. And it's a big storm. I mean, you look at the picture, it's a big storm. But there's been a lot of big storms. I mean, you can go back to the early 1900s, and there was a big storm that hit Galveston, Texas, and just about wiped it off the face of the earth, killed thousands of people because they weren't the recipients of, as we are, all the information that the, like the National Weather Service can give us to tell us when uh, a storm like this is approaching, how long it's going to take to get where you're at, where it may make landfall. I mean, we just don't realize how lucky we are to live during the time that we live because that saves a lot of lives. Seven people died in the Bahamas. No telling how many would have died if nobody knew that storm had been coming. But let's not be crazy here. These people that are pushing uh, global and uh, climate change, man-made climate change at that, just go overboard. They Biden act like the other day that uh, Trump was responsible for Dorian. And look, you, know, you can see that climate change is happening. Just look at that hurricane. We've had other hurricanes bigger than that one before. Uh, quote, all this stuff about climate change. It's climate. It changes. It does things. So what did Klobuchar's have to say? Well, she went a direction that, as far as I'm concerned, kind of shows her ignorance. Here's what she had to say. So what is this? So the fourth year in a row there's been a Category 5 hurricane it, exactly. for the first time Which the president said in he didn't know existed, history. but yes. Right. But yeah, you know, he did, and that's but, interesting. Okay. The president said he never knew it existed. He's said that now for the past two or three yeah. years. Um, you know, it's very interesting you're talking about uh, the costs, the billions and billions of dollars is costing. 
got a, a very good Republican friend who's always voted Republican, but he is he works in an insurance company, mm -hmm. and he's he's the guy that figures out whether the company's going to be able to pay out their property damage. And he said, "I can show you every chart." He said, "I am a conservative, free enterprise, right wing Republican, but I can show you every chart that's in my office, and you will have no choice." But to say climate change is real I mean, and it is it is causing havoc on this country exactly. and we've got to do something about it. Yes. The <laughs> old movie, The Day After Tomorrow, mm -hmm. is today. Yeah. Like it is happening now. Yeah. Uh, General Mattis, um, mm -hmm. uh, who I like so much, mm -hmm. the military that you just had on, the military has been predicting this for a long time. So I think it's really important to bring to this debate private sector the arguments that we see in rural America and the Midwest, if we're going to get the votes to get this done, as well as the security issue, as right. we see refugees coming um, in places like sub-Saharan Africa, moving up because we are going to start having security issues everywhere, uh, because there simply isn't the way to keep having the economy that we've depended on. For and as so Bill long. Clinton always said, make the choice between uh, protecting the environment and protecting jobs, it's just a false choice. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's a false choice. All right. It's as if the day after tomorrow is today. John, have you ever seen the movie The Day After Tomorrow? It's been a long time, but yes, that's like a 20-year-old movie, I believe. Yeah, is it, it is the most over-the-top. It was, it was nothing more than a disaster movie is what it was. It was for people's enjoyment and because it started talking, it was a polar vortex that came down and it was so cold in like a few hours, Lake Michigan froze solid. That ain't going to ever happen. I'm just, come on. It's a movie. And uh, this is what Klobuchar offers now. And, and the whole lead in about uh, the thing about insurance and all of that. You know what's going to happen? You got to make up mind where you want to live. You know, if you want to live on the coast in a hurricane zone, uh, if you want to live on an island out in the Atlantic where these storms uh, are birthed and then they come roaring across the, uh, the Caribbean, uh, that's going to be up to those people. And it means that they're going to have to pay more money for their insurance just in case something comes through and knocks everything down that they built. It's just like we choose to live here in Arkansas. Guess what? Tornadoes sometimes, we, we have big outbreaks of tornadoes. We have calm times during the spring sometimes of tornadoes. Then we have other times where it is just yippee kaye, watch out, you guys. Because we're going to have a ton of them. And when that happens, a lot of people lose their homes. People lose their lives. Uh, all kinds of things happen. It's called weather. It happens. So um, I have what I think is the amount of insurance I need on my home so that it will be rebuilt if destroyed, rebuilt to the way it was and all of the stuff that it was turned into the rubble that it was turned into. I've got insurance that to clean up it, clean it all up. A lot of people, that's something a lot of people don't know about. 
and you need to find out about it if you don't know about it. That's one of those know the unknown, so it's not the unknown any longer, so that you don't get stuck, you know, having to pay thousands of dollars to have your house carted away after it's been knocked down. I remember the folks uh, uh, up in Valonia, a lot of people ran into that and were stunned that uh, that wasn't just included in your insurance policy. Well, that's why you got to have a good insurance agent that tells you these things. All right, so when I come back, because we've got to get a break in, uh, Matt Walsh has written an article that I really related to, and I wanted to bring it to you today. And he says, as I have said, please stop saying I'm speaking my truth. We'll talk about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you. Uh, just uh, about two minutes remaining until news. So with that, I'm going to hold off doing the Matt Walsh article until 5 o'clock. I want to wait until 5 o'clock because I can't, in two minutes, I cannot do justice to what he says and to what I want to add to it. So uh, that's something to, to keep in uh, in mind. Now, we're going to, when we come back from uh, our news at the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined uh, by uh, Congressman uh, French Hill. He'll have uh, some things to talk about with us uh, dealing uh, with uh, uh, that the president and dealing uh, with the media and a lot of other things that uh, are, are, are going along, and, and you'll you want to hear what he has to say. If you've got type 2 diabetes, you know, you can feel like you're really stuck. I know what it's like to see your, your sugar, uh, you, you, you eat right, you exercise, you get up in the morning, you take sugar, and it's still 175 or something. I know what that's like. I know that you'd like to get away from it. Uh, and it. I think for some of us, it's going to take something different than what we've had uh, before. So we're kind of in a good place. We've got some good news here for you. There's a new study, and it's being done by uh, the Applied Research Center of Arkansas. They're the ones uh, conducting it, and it may help you. Uh, if you suffer, if you suffer, excuse me, uh, from type 2 diabetes, uh, and you're only on metformin, you may qualify for this new study. Participants receive study-related care at no cost and compensation for time and travel. Uh, there are some requisites that you have to meet to be able to get into the study. You've got to be 18 years of age or older. You have to have an A1C that's 8 or above and uh, metformin 1,500 milligrams only. So uh, keep that in mind. Now, to find out if you can get into the study, uh, go to the website for Applied Research Center of Arkansas, ARCArkansas.com, ARCArkansas.com, or call them, 501-954-7822. When we return, Congressman French Hill will join us from Washington, D.C. on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, joining us from Washington, D.C. is Congressman French Hill. He joins us, and, and Congressman, how you doing? It's going to get wet there in a couple of days. You know that, right? Well, Dave, fortunately, I'm uh, back in Arkansas today uh, oh, in the sunshine and not uh, trapped uh, up there when it gets wet. And I just walked out of a 
really good, interesting meeting with uh, the governor and uh, Agricultural Secretary Sonny Perdue talking about, uh, obviously, trade, agriculture, and more importantly for our farmers here and and, uh, everybody here, the cleanup after these floods we've just had. Well, tell me, did did they they talk anything about, you know, this whole thing with Japan, about they're going to buy a bunch of corn and... What about the French and buying, uh, you know, the, uh, what was it that they said they were going to buy uh, that the Chinese weren't? Uh, gosh, can't think of what it was now, but they were going to pick up the slack on that. Is it looking like all that's still going to happen? Well, there was a, a lot of conversation about the importance of USMCA, the uh, Canadian-Mexican agreement, and yes. how uh, Purdue was uh, hopeful that uh, the Congress will see the light and get that passed this fall. People have been a little bit more optimistic. Uh, Nancy Pelosi had a a phone call with her conference yesterday. I've not gotten a readout on that, specifically on USMCA. I really want to know what was said and what the conclusion was, because this is so important for our country, and I hate to see that agreement hijacked by either just this dislike of President Trump or just being anti-trade uh, like so many in the opposition political party are right now. Yeah. What is it that they don't like about that? It seems like to me we this is a big win-win for everybody. Uh, it is. There's only one uh, reason that I can see, and that's politics and T-R-U-M-P. I mean, there is no... Uh, reason to oppose this USMCA. It's the best agreement, uh, and it is an excellent replacement for NAFTA. Canada and Mexico have already approved it, and so it's now up to the U.S. Congress uh, to bring it to the floor for a vote. If it comes to a floor for a vote, I feel confident that we can muster the votes to pass it, and that's great for Arkansas. So uh, Secretary Perdue talked about that, talked about the uh, importance of the Japanese agreement that has been announced the framework uh, by Prime Minister Abe and and Donald Trump last week, which will be great for American uh, beef producers and poultry producers. Yeah, and then soybeans. That's what it was that the French were going to buy. Is that is are we still on uh, on target for that? Uh, We're on target, but I really to me, it's a quantity issue to make up for the deficit in what the Chinese were buying and. Uh, I think the sentiment is good to buy corn and, and soybeans, but uh, obviously what we need is a deal between China and the U.S. and get our uh, mutually beneficial trading system back on track there. Okay, so uh, if they do that and uh, the president has talked about you know uh, releasing federal funds to the farmers to try to take uh, mitigate some of this, uh, hardship, hardship that they're taking because of what's going on with China. Is that enough to keep them comfortable uh, afloat in business? I think that's uh, a mixed story. I think some will say yes. I would say as a former uh, commercial banker who dealt with a lot of farmers over my career, uh, the answer is no. Uh, this is not a way to sustain uh, the farmers. This is what it is, which is a very modest, short-term emergency payment offset by the tariff revenue, and it's not a ag policy. It's not something that is any in any way, I think, 
helps these farmers maintain a sustainable uh, financial picture. So uh, I think some would, would say, sure, yeah, it's good. It's better than not having it. But I don't think it's uh, uh, what's the right thing to do. We need, a, we need a trade arrangement that opens markets in China, removes their protectionism, and, and lets American manufacturers and, and farmers prosper by that. All right. Well, let's move on. There's other things that are happening besides trade. Uh, Trump now is going to move forward with that $3.6 billion from the military projects for the border wall. Your thought about that and uh, how well is how well along are they on, on moving that money? Well, first of all, this was debated back when we had the discussion of how to fund additional border wall beyond the, the money that was appropriated, 55 miles, and the president proposed this reprogramming of money. It went back to the committee chairmen. We had a lot of discussion about it in Congress, and we were assured that this DOD-related money, Defense Department money, uh, would not pro- uh, hurt any major military construction priority project inside the United States or at key bases abroad, uh, that this money was um, not critical to our national defense. And so I also checked in Arkansas, and it doesn't impact our important facilities at Fort Chaffee or Pine Bluff Arsenal or Camp Robinson or out at Little Rock Air Force Base. So basically, the president had offered to do this reprogramming. He has the authority to do this reprogramming under statute approved by Congress, and he's going to use it for border construction, and the DOD has approved it. And thus far, as you know, you've noted uh, the federal judiciary has supported it as well, saying he does have that authority. Yeah. Seems like the media has lost interest in the border, doesn't it? Yeah. Isn't it interesting? You know, it's just um, the busy bee syndrome in the media. If it's not a flower is not in imminent bloom, they're not buzzing around it. So they've moved on to other, other topics. The bottom line is I'm satisfied that our military and law enforcement uh, construction priorities can be met, and that this is a way to uh, enhance the construction of the border using existing existing federal money already appropriated. I was talking to Steve. There's something he brought up to me. Uh, Steve Smith works uh, directly for the governor, or not the governor, the congressman, uh, that our military troops that are working on the border, once a lot of this wall is up, their job will be done. They'll be able to come on back to uh, the jobs or number one jobs they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I mean, they are. A lot of people don't understand that. When we deploy the guard uh, to the border, they're there in a support role. They're doing transportation. They're doing uh, care. Uh, They're not performing a task of a customs uh, official or a border patrol. They're purely there in a in a support role or uh, in a construction support role. So, yes, that would be true for two reasons. One, the construction work that the president has as an objective is done. And secondly, if we have more effective fencing, then we hopefully have less need for that supplemental help from the National Guard. Yeah, and that's that's good news. That's going to save money right there. But, look, I still say that we are short authorized personnel we have we've authorized a lot of personnel in the border patrol and customs those jobs are not filled and of course we've got we've approved over 300 new federal judges for speedier adjudication of these 
uh, immigrants that are there awaiting uh, a federal review of their case. So we're doing a lot, but I still think that we're probably not staffed uh, where we should be. So there still may meet some peripheral uh, role for, for our National Guard. Our guest, Congressman French Hill, District 2, good to have him with us, as he always is, on Wednesdays here on the Dave Ellswick Show from about 3.30 until 4 o'clock. Let's get one more question in before we go to break, and it continues to to do with the wall. Evidently, uh, Pentagon controller Elaine McCusker is saying that uh, the building of that wall is going to start in about 135 days. Is that correct? Uh, yes, uh, it's projecting 11 different projects, if my memory's right, uh, for about 175 miles of new or reconstructed uh, wall at the highest priority areas. And back in February, when the uh, appropriations work was completed on the border, that 55 miles of uh, fencing was down in the Rio Grande Valley, which is where we have really most of these incursions in this year. It changes from time to time, but Mm -hmm. uh, so many of these family incursions were along the border between Laredo and and down to uh, McAllen and Harwich in the Rio Grande Valley. All right, well, let's take a break, uh, if that's all right with you, Congressman. When we come back, uh, on Facebook, it went on fire last uh, week, and that dealt with the policy memo, memo going about military families serving overseas and kids being uh, citizens and all that. I'd like you to clear that up for us, if you would, when we get back. Is that possible? You bet. Let's do it. All right. We'll talk about it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back on the Dave Ellswick Show and our uh, special guest, Congressman French Hill. And I, I, I really can't say enough about the congressman making himself available to us weekly because there's things that pop up that you, you're not expecting. And, and when they do, it's nice to be able to get him on the air and let him talk about them. For instance, this whole thing about the media publishing the story about the USCIS policy memo on adopted children and military families. When I started seeing this on Facebook, uh, this went from beyond uh, talking about adopted children to talking about if you're in the military and you have a child overseas, they're not going to be a U.S. citizen and yada, yada. It was crazy, Congressman. And I kept telling people, hey, look, when you're born on a U.S. military facility, you're born on American soil. That's American soil. And I said, I don't know what people are telling other people, but whatever it is, it's wrong. And I'm glad you're here so you can clear it up for everybody. Yeah, this was a tempest, I think, in a the proverbial teapot. Uh, the estimates I saw that were published in Military Times suggested only 20 or 25 families a year were yeah. impacted by this. I would argue, Dave, that if there was not social media and this policy, uh, policy had been released by DOD 20 years ago or something, no one would even know it happened nope. or care. Nope. Um, but I think it's important for listeners to realize that <clears throat> this only affects three categories of people, children of non-U.S. citizens who mm-hmm. are adopted by U.S. citizen government employees, children of non-U.S. government employees or certain who were naturalized after the child's birth, 
and children of U.S. citizens that don't meet residency requirements. And that's a complicated list of descriptions, but it is not what went out on social media saying that service members of a child abroad aren't now aren't U.S. citizens and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't impact birthright citizenship at all. And, you know, uh, it was, as, as Ken Cuccelli said, who's the acting director at the Immigration Service, people were freaking out over nothing, I think was his quote. That's true. Um, it, you know, it makes you wonder uh, what they could have done when they published the thing. Could they have made it better the way they wrote it? Because, uh, you know, and maybe they could have. But my deal is, in this world we live in, People take everything, they explode it into a social media frenzy. They get people stirred up over nothing. Our phone uh, lit up on this and our uh, correspondence that this was a moral outrage, that uh, President Trump was taking away uh, U.S. citizenship rights just because Americans lived outside the U.S. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, when I saw it, I came on the air the next day and, and mentioned it because I thought that's all that was necessary, just mentioning it. And I have to tell you, I was wrong because there were people out there just yeah, talking about it and didn't have a clue about what they were talking about. I think the best thing we can all do is public officials, elected officials, and people in the media, particularly those who carry on a longer, more thoughtful everyday, you know, radio discussion is put out the documents on our social media pages and our Facebook pages, uh, give people the, the reference points, uh, let people read the actual material for themselves instead of spin tweets and spin Facebook pages mm-hmm. by, from people who are paid, um, you know, political people. Uh, who are paid to stir people up and get them anxious. And uh, it's it's what we all complain about, and yet we fall into bad habits. So we try, when it comes to things like this, to put longer explanations out on our Facebook page from time to time to try to give people the, the facts. All right. Let's talk about something local. You like to talk local because you come back here to take care of things local. You're your uh, workers do things for people locally, and uh, you guys unveiled a new uh, wilderness sign. Is that right? Yeah, there's uh, out at Flatside Wilderness, which is in Perry County, about an hour outside Little Rock. Uh, President Trump signed into law some forest land, uh, U.S. forest land addition to that. And <clears throat> I had it named for Ed Bethune, who is a Long-time great citizen of our state, a former uh, U.S. attorney, a former FBI agent, a decorated uh, Marine, a former U.S. congressman for the 2nd District. Great guy. We we stopped out there, and a nice author now. We'll put in a plug for Ed Ed Bethune as author of great fiction. Uh, But we named this addition to the wilderness area out there, the Bethune Woods, in his honor for back when he was in Congress in 1984, his outstanding work on uh, conservation issues around the state uh, that led to uh, Flatside's creation. So that's very cool. I'm uh, pleased to see that happen. Couldn't happen to a better guy, to be honest. Well, there there are few sages in our state quite like Ed Bethune. I mean, 
Uh, uh, he's a um, got deep white county roots and a great lawyer, an FBI agent, member of Congress, uh, proud proud Marine, and he's getting ready to have a grandson. Yeah, good uh, who's for him. Finish up OCS and become a Marine officer here soon, and just had his son uh, Sam uh, complete twenty years in the Navy and retire. Wow. So, this is a great family in our state, and I salute him, and I can't think of a better way to recognize his work. Well, good for you. You did a good job on that. You did a good job of bringing everybody up to date on this whole thing about citizenship and then keeping us up to date on what the president is doing about the military projects and as far as tariffs go. Congressman, it's always a pleasure. We'll do it again next Wednesday. You have a great rest of your week. Same to you, Dave. Thanks. Talk to you later now, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick show really like having him on. And I don't, I don't think you really recognize uh, a lot of people don't how, how good it is that you have a congressman that had come on the, on the radio, on the record every week and talk about the issues that are affecting our nation. And it's always good to hear from him and, and, and hear his side of the story. Let me finish up by saying you got a 96% chance a 96% chance of losing $111,000 in Social Security benefits. Now, how do I know that? Well, it's new research in Bloomberg. Uh, they say that 96% of Americans lose $111,000 in Social Security benefits because we take our Social Security benefits at the wrong time. I mean, I waited take mine so that I'd get all that I was uh, mark to get. Now I could wait it longer and got more, but I'm getting what I was promised. I'm going to get what I was promised. You can learn how to avoid that, uh, that, that problem by going to an educational workshop called maximizing social security with, with David Lucas. It's uh, held here in little rock. There's two workshops coming up in this month, Tuesday, the 24th, Thursday, the 26th, the seats are $20. They're selling fast. So if you've uh, saved $250,000, register now. Call 501-653-6690. The workshop will reveal the little-known strategies that could help you wring every nickel out of your benefits that are rightfully yours. Again, that number to call, 501-653-6690. Or you can register online by going to davidlucasfinancial.com. Hey, when we come back from the news at the top of the hour, uh, Joe and Duck are here. we got some car questions that people have sent in for them to answer. If you have a question for them, the number is 823-0965, 823-0965, and they'll do their best to, to help you out. It's all brought to us from bumper to bumper. We'll hear from them in just a few moments when we get uh, back from the news on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's move into the 4 o'clock hour. It's a Wednesday. That means that uh, Joe and Duck are here. Now, I want you to feel sorry for Duck. He will not be back for the next three weeks, so we probably won't see him to middle of October. Uh, yeah, around 1st October. They told me I can get out, and I just got to have a chauffeur. They're going to put him in a mental institution, and they're going to be checking him out real close, so... Yeah, they, they they're going to make sure he can keep his guns. They don't. They won't allow me to come out. <laughs> now he's going to have his knee worked on, so he's going to be 
partial six million dollar man. I wish. I just want the money. I don't. The need will be fine. <laughs> I, six million dollars. I could, I could get by with a need, Dave. Yeah, well, that, uh, that's what I've got a, a a piece of wood that's got a sign on it that hangs that sits in my my uh, living room, and it says, "Today nothing's happening that five million dollars won't take care of." <laughs> yeah. That's correct. Yeah. I, I agree with that completely. Yeah. It'll, I'd be totally debt-free yeah, long anything before I... Money. Yeah. Uh, well, just about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the know. guy used to tell me, no, I'll put that on my bill as far as it'll go. No, there's a few things it won't, it won't not start or stop, but it'll make it feel better while it's happening. Here's, <laughs> right. well, here's how Regardless I look at it. I've been told many a time, my, my dad told me, my mom, yeah. everybody, that money can't buy happiness. I'd like to try. Well, if you if you lose a loved one, you have that heartache. It's not going to make that go away. No. But having a bunch of money and not having to worry about anything else sure does make that easier on you. Yeah, taking care of the yeah. burial things. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think say we can go to Bahamas. We'll probably go to Bahamas and get something cheap not now. Not right though. now. You don't want to go. Yeah, but we can get it cheap now, though. You don't want to go. I'm just telling you. I, I don't even know if the airport's open There's right no, now. No, it's not. It's, that place was leveled. Man, it is. That looks like Guam in 1978 when Rita went through. That little, the only thing you're going to have over there right now is is, is probably uh, vessels that are there be no shipping moving in and out of there because the docks are all tore up. So they're, they're just going to be bringing in vessels that help folks rebuild. with water and supplies and yep. materials and stuff like that. Just to rebuild. I mean, that, they're going to have to do a lot of work on the Bahamas. Yep. But here I want to watch and see how the Bahamas differ from Puerto Rico. Nine hundred percent better. I bet it will be. Mm-hmm. But then people get up be. and go to work. It it will be very interesting to see. I think it's something that everybody should keep their eye on. Yep. I mean, really, you should keep your eye on it and see. Let's see what happens. I got a uh, a text from uh, Eddie Joe. You know, he's working for the Trump administration over there about uh, the energy and stuff. So I'm going to get a hold of him and talk to him a little bit about it because that's going to f- fall under his purview as well. Mm-hmm. He's been dealing with uh, the whole thing going over in Puerto Rico, and he didn't have a whole lot of hair when he went. I'm oh, he got him, he he's back. got a whole lot less. <laughs> I've been to Puerto Rico. Me and Susan went there on vacation, and I'm going to tell you, I've been to the Bahamas several times, and I'd take any Bahama trip over the Puerto Rican trip. The, th- the strangest thing I recognize about Puerto Rico is all the police cars go around with their lights on. Oh, really flashing all the time really yeah so i asked i said Did what's they up know with that how to turn off the switch said you know all the off switches broke they said no sir we keep those on so everybody know we're coming <laughs> i thought <laughs> so they can all run coming for what you couldn't sneak up on a convict over there if you had to yeah that's interesting that, well there's a lot of things about that that's interesting when you came home did you bring like a 10 gallon thing of rum no well, I got a customer. Probably got it cheap over there, though. Well, I think I brought Until- back a bottle. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like rum, but, you know, I'm not one of the guys that's going to go over and stockpile it because even even if you can only bring back so much on your on – Your, your uh, customs. Yeah, because they're not going to let you bring, like, 10 gallons. You're not going to get that in. You just might sell that to somebody else and make a profit. And that's cr- – well, without <laughs> them getting taxes that's off right. of it. Oh that duty-free stuff, you know. <laughs> I got I got a friend that's that's uh, worked for one of the Highlands corporations uh, 
they they went over there. <laughs> That's what they're doing. And they had to have a guard to hold it. Yeah, they was, they oh, was at I can the yard. Because he said, if you didn't, it, it was gone. Yeah, that's just not Puerto Rico. Let me just tell you, that's just about anywhere in the world. But the people you over there are trying sure to put the electricity careful. back up. I know. And get them back up and working, and they're stealing all their oh, one truck and stripped it. <laughs> you know, so. You'd cry, but you got to laugh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. Got to laugh at that. So, Joe, speaking, you know, we've been talking about these hot-ass days and yeah. how hot it's been outside. <laughs> It caught me Saturday, uh, Monday, my trailer. I never thought about it. Tar's five years old. Uh Uh-oh. I checked, I aired them all up, checked them all at the shop Saturday before I left. Looked at them. They all look good. No dry rock cracks. I looked at the date. They'll be five years old next month. Slung a tread off when I'm coming home Monday. Yep. Teresa. I'm telling you, they get over four years old, you're on borrowed time. Every year yep. after that, the odds of that happening are going up, that's for sure. So we was between ash flat and evening shade. Wow. No place to pull over. Mm-mm. It slung about half the tread off, and Teresa said, what are you going to do? Going on evening shade. Yeah. I said, I'm not taking a chance of pulling over on this road and somebody coming over one of these hills and that's run it. over me. Make it worse. So we got on up the evening shade, and I got out. I care a little. It's... Wow, you were a long way away if you were just in evening shade. Holy yeah, we cow. We just started home. That's the middle of kind of nowhere up towards the north. Well, up there, there ain't no shoulders on the road. So if you yeah, pull I over, know. if you can't find a driveway, and I didn't want to pull in somebody's driveway and block your <laughs> driveway up. So she said, do you think it'll make it? If it don't, it'll blow out. But it made it. But, you know, we're always talking about dates on the TARS. And like I say, it'll be yeah. five years old next month Yeah, wow. when I put them on. Because I always mark it down when I put them on. Look at the date on the TAR. I got a little deal I, I keep in the toolbox. So, But that goes to show you that TARS five years old can come apart. Nobody's immune. Nope. Nope. And I can say... I Even had, those who know better are not immune. Absolutely. I had enough, well, <laughs> I, I think what happened here about... Two months ago, I was going up Congo Road, uh-huh. and there was a chug hole on the side of the road, and I met a lady hugging the yellow line, so I moved over, because the trailer's real wide. Mm-hmm. I moved over Bang. and dropped it off, and I blew the front one out. Bent the rim, blew, you know, but broke yeah, the side out. out. So, in the meantime, I, I put the spare on it over there, so when I, I bought a new wheel, I got a new wheel and a new tar and put on it, so she said, what are you going to do now? So, I'm going to go buy me uh three more tires and put one of the best ones back up for a spare because a spare gets you off the road that's the main thing what it's for but but it got me <laughs> Tracy looked at me she said ain't i heard you and joe talk about this problem before <laughs> i said yep so but just because they're less than five years old don't mean they won't come apart yeah especially true. when when that asphalt i mean I stopped at a little gas station and I got out and kneeled down and run my hand around it to see which one it was. Yeah. And that asphalt was hot. So right across the street was a big old oak tree on another parking lot. So I just eased across the road over there and got my jack out. I got one of them little cheap, you know, little cheap floor jack deals. Yeah. Got it out. Got the lug nuts broke loose like they never got them broke loose. I know. Just think if you've been on the side of the road unlevel trying to jack that up. I know. Yeah. I finally had to take the look, the, the four-way lug wrench and get the jack stand out, mm-hmm. stick the jack stand up underneath and stand up on top of it and jump on it. Hey, and I, and I, ain't, I ain't a little guy. Wow. Food, get them, food for thought, Duck. To get them broke loose. My 
battery-powered impact goes with me when I make a trip. Well. And the sockets it needs. So just I'm just My, giving you food just for in thought. Case. I bet next I, time his will be going with him, too. It, uh, it will. Yeah. It's when good. I got I got yeah. to the shop yesterday, that's the first thing I did. I went in there and... And I checked my batteries, make sure my battery's still yep. good. Got me a thirteen sixteen socket, nineteen millimeter three quarters. Yep. Put them in the little box. That's it. And walked out there. I've got an electric one in my motor home. And once you get them off, put a little WD forty on them before you put uh, them somebody, back on. Somebody just tightened these. I was at a gas station. We made one of the trips to I think it was uh, Talladega, and a buddy of mine pulled up. He had had his camper and he had new tires put on it. And when he pulled up behind me, the lug nuts are loose. Ooh, not good. No, it's not good. So he's out there struggling, trying to get the lug nuts off of it, because, you know, a couple of them broke. So I went and got my little impact, zinged them off there, and we went down to the parts store there. I think we was in Lone got Oak. Got Yeah, we made it to Lone Oak before we had to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> he did pretty good, yeah. there, didn't he? <clears throat> got some studs and nuts, went back and put them on. But he looked at me and he said, I'll never leave home without one of those. So yes. he went and bought him one. So. And I, and I yeah. had one at the shop. You just don't think about it I sometimes. I just never. How much, does one, how much does one of those cost? Uh, you can buy them for three to $500. Yeah. Sure makes things have, a lot have easier. Have you seen the new half-inch drive one that Snap-On's got? Yeah. They, awesome. They had one the other day, and they was pulling head off of a caterpillar. Hey, it's and, like 750 foot-pounds of torque. It, it's that, out of this world. That's what Ed told. The Snap-On guy was there showing it, mm. and he said, it's a, let me borrow that a minute. He goes back there and sticks it up on that. Zing, zing, and zing. It's an inch and a quarter headboat mm-hmm. in that C-15. <laughs> yeah. Stuck it on in it. It said, I'll take it. Just leave it with me. Don't even hardly hammer, does it? No. But you have to remember, if it'll take them off that easy, it'll break them that easy putting, <laughs> putting them back, them back on. on. <laughs> and, and those, you have to be careful with that. Well, on, on like Caterpillar now, Cummins, Detroit, uh, all your Mercedes and all them, they're torque. Yeah. Per twist headboats, so sure. you, you don't get to reuse them. Well, I understand that, but if you're putting them back on and you use that wrench to run them down with, yeah. you'll probably have them too tight, and then yeah. they'll break when you're doing your 60 degrees, yeah. 180 degrees, and all so, that, you know. Because like a headboat on a on a, on a, a Caterpillar, with a C-15 Caterpillar, it's a one-inch boat. Mm-hmm. So you pull it down 60 pounds and let it sit for a few minutes, and you pull it to 90, 120, and then you pull it 180 degrees, Wait 10 minutes, and you pull it another 180 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it makes another full turn after yep. that final torque. So And, you know. And that's when you're using a torque wrench. Correct? Oh, you have to do that. Yeah. And a degree wheel. Dave, it's about that tall. It's, it's not just the torque of that bolt. For you looking on Facebook, you can see how high he just said. If you're listening to radio. Yeah, it's about five foot long. Just yep. imagine. <laughs> but so but, it's, but it's, you have to do that, and you have a degree wheel on that torque wrench because it'll say go 60 degrees or go uh, 90 degrees or 180 degrees. Yep. When you're up there, sometimes you're in a confined place, so you can actually move that ratchet back, and you don't have to make this big loop. Mm-hmm. You can pull on it like that, and it keeps up at those degrees, so you yeah, get Yeah, you pull, it turns it, and then what I do, mine, I got white marks on mine. I got it 60, 90, 120 Mm-hmm. You know, in 180, right. I, got, I got white marks, and then I got a, I got a red tip on the end of mine. I paint, took some red fingernail polish. The reason it's got the white marks on it is because he can't read it. Go, you ain't supposed to tell everything. <laughs> well, I get that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I know where God. that is. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's one, two, three, or four marks. Yeah. Which mark am I at? All well, right. they're big, so they're easy to read. Yeah. 
Joe and Duck here on the Dave Ellswick Show, as they are every Wednesday, brought to you by the good folks at Bumper to Bumper. We'll talk about them when we get back. Don't forget about Allstate Insurance over at the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency, where they're inviting you to come by, bring all of your insurance papers, and let their people talk to you and save you money and get you better coverage. 501-819-0373 is the number to call, 501-819-0373, and they're located at 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. That's the Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency of Allstate. All right, let's continue with uh, Joe and Duck. Before we go any further, though, let's talk about bumper to bumper. 100 years in business. And guess what? You stay in business 10 years. A lot of people say, wow, you've really done good. Good, yeah. But you've stayed in business for 100 years? That means you're doing something really right. Third, fourth generations there. You yeah. Know? Yeah, we had one of them here the other day. Yeah, yep. Fletch. Yep. We, you know, we replayed that uh, over the weekend. I hope mm-hmm. everybody listened to it because Fletcher was really good on the year. Yeah. He was. He did a good job. He, that's the first time I've seen him belly up to the mic like that. I mean, real. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously. Want you seen when I pushed my to mic talk. over to him? He looked like, yeah, like what are you? I ain't gonna talk. And then he started talking. He couldn't stop. He did a good job. Yes, he did. Well, bumper to bumper, best parts, quality parts, like names like AC Delco, Motorcraft, Gates, Standard Motor Products. There's another company has been in business for 100 years, too, Dave, Standard Motor Products. Really? Right along with the bumper-to-bumper guys. So you, you take quality automotive parts that you know the names, and then you get the best prices from them, and then we get the best service. And, and you know, that's a win-win-win because we get cars fixed right, quality parts at a good price, and in a timely manner and most of those parts they have in stock over here in little rock so we don't have to wait two or three days to get anything yeah and another thing too joe they're just good people sure i mean you you know all the way from jerry we got james back now yeah james come back couple, so, three weeks ago he is so easy to work with yeah you know you got Amazing. chris and, and and all the other people you got crow now chris moved he went up, what, yeah, northwest? Up north. yeah. yeah. He's still with them, though. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. When it comes to the car show, he's the best. Absolutely. Him and his son with the Moab. Yep. Moaz, that's what it is, yeah. Mother of all spreadsheets. Yeah. Let me clear that up. <laughs> but, you know, another thing, you know, Joe, there's a lot of people wanting to use that spreadsheet since Oh, absolutely. Since there's a lot of people doing I mean, it, yeah. It's, uh... Because of the scoring, the way we do our scoring. Yeah, it's, uh... But them guys at Bumper to Bumper, I mean, you know, you can't beat company like that and and what they uh what they do for us as far as uh supplying us with quality parts and if there is a problem with that part or their problem with even our installation and it's a warrantable issue hey you get them back they get the claim filed we get everything took care of just fast as we can for the customer and it's but they got ac delco the Mm -hmm. same thing if if you go anywhere else it's ac delco made by ac delco Mm -hmm. motorcraft stuff made by motorcraft uh, you know they they sell Norman stuff, and you know how how good Norman is. And then we got the Parts Master that we talked about last week on here. Yeah, I like the Parts Master. Uh, you know, it's a name brand part in a Parts Master box. Yes, it is. Just like the Federal Mogul bearings. I mean, it's a Parts Master box, but it has their bearing inside the box. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you okay. know that parts identically <clears throat> to what the other one is. 
kind of the reason that part's cheaper is because they're buying it direct from the manufacturer that manufactures it for them, the other company as well as parts master. So it's the very same bearing. You know, so if you take that, the reason it's cheaper is because they cut out the middleman. Yes. That's the deal. You're not a, you're not getting a cheaper made part. You're just getting a part cheaper price because they've cut out the middleman, put it in their box. You know, they they cut out all the big advertisement that the other people had to have. Sure. And they end up paying for it. Yeah, that they end up paying for all the advertisement. Mm-hmm. Now, I tell, let me tell you, that they don't pay for it. We you pay, pay for, for it. Yeah, we pay it's for it. It's passed on to you. Well, if the part costs us more, it's passed on to the guy we put on his car, too. So. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Just the way it works. All right, remember... Because they use bumper-to-bumper parts, you get that two-year, 24,000-mile 24. Gar- 24, uh, guarantee. Or if you use a bumper-to-bumper credit card, three years, 36,000-mile guarantee. That's part and labor. Yes. yes. And anywhere you happen to be that it breaks down at yes. if it's under warranty. Just keep that in mind. They'll find you somebody. That will fix it. Dial the 800 number and they'll get someone to help you. They'll take care of it. That's, uh, that goes above and beyond. All right, we got news coming up. When we come back, we got some questions some people have about their car. If you've got a question about your car or your wife's car or your daughter or son's car, 8230965 is the number to call. 8230965. It's the Dave Ellswick Show right here, 1011 FM. The answer. All right. We continue here with Joe and Duck. Of course, Joe, Joe's garage, Duck, Duck's garage, Joe's over in North Little Rock, Duck's down in Benton. Need to know anything more? Google them. You can find them right there yep. on, on Google easily. Just Joe's garage or Duck's garage. It'll pop yep. up. It's a- or you can go to any of the Bumper to Bumper Certified Service Centers. And if you need to know what the closest one to you, Google bumper to bumper certified service centers and then type in your you know where you're at your your zip code and And it'll pop right up yeah you do something close you 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 most of the time it'll tell you if you just put in north little rock little rock benton conway who's there yeah it'll show you just keep that in mind Mm -hmm. you want to use them i've been using joe's garage now for 18 years long time dave yeah getting getting old you got a lot more gray hair than when I first started. You don't started. have any hair, Dave. I don't have any. Well, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Susie he knew that all was out. He, says he knew that he was going to say that. I knew where it was going. I was prepared. I was prepared. <laughs> Dave sets himself up for that. Anyway. Yeah, I do. I've been shaving it off now for several months. Well, you know, sometimes when you're... When you when you get old and 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 hair starts falling out and hair growing in places you never had it grow before like in your ears and your nose and stuff yeah. like that, you think you know getting old ain't all it's cracked up to be. No, it's not, and it's no. not it's not for chickens. That's I'm right. not going to tell you that much. <laughs> now, if you're if you're a coward, don't grow old. That's right. A, you'll be hitting with some things that you'll be going. What? Yeah. <laughs> kind of like my knee. Yeah. People be saying really. One of the funniest things my father ever used to say, and I used to joke a lot, is that he went from having a chest to having a Chester drawers. <laughs> <laughs> his chest fell in his drawer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty I good. I always got a kick out of that. He's he a funny man at times. That's, you know, that's those dad good. jokes. Those dad jokes are usually pretty good yep, jokes. They are. They're a good jokes. They can come up with it quick, too. Oh, yeah. 
Well, they live long enough. There's a lot of humor in life if you just pay attention to it. Yep. It's out there. All right, so Stanley's got an 04 Ford F-150 Lariat 8-cylinder with 5.4. We've had this kind of a question before. How much money to replace front rotors and pads? I've only got 40,000 miles. I've been told the front war, uh, rotors are warped, and the cost is 800 bucks. Brake pads were originals. Rotors have never been machined. Way too much. Yeah, that's way too much. If them's composite slip-on rotors. Now, Ford did make, I'm trying to remember, I'm going by memory here, certain ones where the rotor and the bearing assemblies made it's together. all together, yeah. But that's still, you can get that for probably less, a whole lot less than $800, two rotors and set of pads. What year model did you say it was, Dave? 04. 04. Yeah, I, I bet it's composite rotors. Yeah. If it is, if composite rotors, you're probably looking at $300, yeah, three and I, a half to mow, something like that. Ooh, somebody's trying to take you for a ride. I was fixing to say somewhere between three, three and a half tax and everything. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that neighborhood. I can only think of one place that might charge that much. Watch out, Dave. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> it's the one with Ford written on the front. Oh, boy, you're in trouble. All right, James, <laughs> it's got a 2000 Honda. CRV SE four cylinder 2.0. I recently just did. Okay, I just did a coolant flush on my Honda CRV. When the car's idling, temperature gauge rises up. But when I rev the engine, guess what it does? Goes back down. Goes back down to normal. Is this a thermostat issue? If not, what's the problem? I can tell you right now, you didn't bleed it correctly a good chance of that if he flushed it's probably airlocked got yep. some air trapped in there you know i have had to take the heater hose off and, oh, things yeah. and stretch it straight up yeah. and fill it back down through the heater hose to get yeah, to get the airlock out of it you know the, really the, the cars today are very very hard to get the air bled out of them a lot of them have bleeders you take loose honda had somewhere you could do a bleeder or they have a procedure yep. and if if you will look that up online there is a specific procedure for bleeding air out of that vehicle and if it is airlocked it will run hot, just like that. Idling because it's it's cavitating the water inside it. It's not it's not flowing properly. What that means is that the water in the hose over on the left side there's water, and over there's, on the right side there's water, and in between there's air. Yep, and that causes a problem. Yep. The way to explain that to be easiest if you've ever been in a boat and you raise the motor up where the prop is out of the water, the boat stops moving. Only difference in your water pump on your vehicle when it's inside the motor, if it's the impeller on it spinning and there's no water there, it stops circulating. Yep. It'll cavitate. Now, you can rev it up, and if it's catching a little bit of that, get it to flow a little bit, but you still need to bleed the air out of it. Sometimes at night, you can let them set overnight with th- with the radiator cap off, and it'll slowly go down, then yeah. add some to it. And you don't have to do a procedure, or you can use a lift like me and Duck have. It's a... We, we pull a vacuum on that coolant system. Suck it down And in then there. we suck the fluid in there. We know it's full when we get through. But I don't think he wants to go buy a $200 airlift so he can no. do that. That's why it comes in, to you guys. Huh? So well, he could probably get us to do the whole job for 129 to $159, flush it and refill it. So. And, and another mm-hmm. thing, too, we need to know if, if the water that come out of it was rusty red. Oh, absolutely. Because it could be. It's restricted. Water, it could be restricted i've even seen the water pump impeller right off of them yeah they make them out of mm. plastic sometimes they'll slip if they're pressed yep. on 
sometimes they're plastic they'll crack or even the fins will get wore off yep. it'll, it'll look like a nub so. yeah there's a, there's two or three things need to be looked at but the first thing they look at is make sure it is full yeah i may come by and see you tomorrow okay rd came in yesterday you got a wiper arm he's got me a wiper arm for All the back right. of my acadia did, that's gonna be great huh yeah did we, we ever get the that. antenna put on yes we oh, got yeah. that we'll get that right. on there the car is fixed except for the dent that i personally put into it hitting a pole out yeah. here in the parking lot mm-hmm. kind of looks bad too you need to you know, when, you know. well i'm going to go see some of uh, joe's friends here you know, in the next few months let them take care of it yeah, and I then that it. car is going to look brand new yeah it'll look great do, does okay. your radio work better now yes <laughs> You know, the phone the, works really he good. He lost too, his really. rear wiper at the car wash. You know, that antenna got broke at the car wash. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You just didn't see it. Yeah. You just wondered one day, why can't I get no radio reception? No, I wondered why yeah. it was gone. Yeah, it was gone because yeah, they knocked it off. When I was looking brush. up at it and yeah. I was going, what, what happened? What happened to that? You know? And why is my radio not working? Because I got an antenna in the windshield. Dave, not an antenna. Nope. <laughs> That's correct. I found out it wasn't the antenna. It used to be at one time. Yes. But it, it was up at the top. It come down and back yeah, up. Yeah, it know, did. Right behind the mirror. That's supposed to be for what? Determining when uh, liquid hits the windshield and turn on the, the windshield. It's a rain record. sensor. If you've got yes. that in your car. I don't have that in my car, but they did put it in the windshield. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the rain sensors, they'll go... In that gray black part area up there, sometimes that's done like that for at night. So if somebody's behind you, that windshield doesn't glare. Yeah. And so the big square pad with the black dots in it. Yeah. Now that's where the rain center is too. So that's where mine's at. Yes. And I don't have that. I don't make enough money, Doc, to get my windshield wipers turn on themselves. <laughs> just a payment, Dave. You know. It's yeah. Just, just a, a payment. payment. Yeah. As I keep telling myself, as I see all that money disappear out of my checking account each month. <laughs> it's just a payment. <laughs> it's just a payment. Well, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's in today's world, those, in my opinion, the cars and trucks are getting really, really too high. But, you know, I don't see they're having any trouble selling them, Dave. And they keep making the uh, time that you can pay on them longer and longer i told you over in germany the average average that means there's some there's half of them above this and half of them be a little right, right? A little below a little above 10 years yeah on a car yes i cannot imagine well, you're going to live to be 70 or let's say 80 years old you're going to and you didn't get to drive the first 16 years of your life so you take that out of the equation how Ten percent of that's what? That's how many that's about what you're paying on that vehicle. Ten percent of your life. Yeah. Here's the key. It's crazy. Here's what I tell you to do. When you buy the car, make sure you check the box that says if you die, the loan pays off. Pays off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially if you're in your late sixties. Because there's always that possibility. <laughs> Good deal, yeah. So save save your other or your family the the, the discomfort of having to make a payment. Yeah. You can take yep. care of it that way. And it, it only costs you about 50 cents a payment. Yep. And it just makes sense to me. All right. And easier. Let's take a break. It's quarter till uh, five o'clock when we come back. I know you don't want to hear this, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Preparing your car for the winter. This <laughs> last weekend was the end of summer. It's coming. 
I'm just telling you right now, they're telling us that it's going to be a rainy, cold winter here in, in kind of like last year yeah. in yep. Arkansas. So we'll talk about it when we come back. All right, back, finish it up today with Joe and Duck. Don't forget, coming up in the next hour, you've heard people say, well, my truth. My truth. I'll tell you why there ain't no such thing when we come back after 5 o'clock today. There ain't no such thing as your truth or their truth or somebody else's truth. We'll talk about it coming up Mm -hmm. on the Dave Ellswick Show. Something important to talk about. Because you're going to hear from your kids. I'm going to tell you, the big thing with teenagers now in high school, they've been taught that crap. I'm just going to tell you. I'll tell you all about it when we get back. But right now... I'm trying to think. I think it's the 23rd of this month. It's the first day of fall. Yep. Yep. First day of, I'm going to say it Three again. Three weeks. I'm going to say it again. F- fall. All right. Because I'm going to tell you what. I like hot weather more than I like cold weather. So I'm not looking forward to the wintertime getting here. So with that said, don't wait to the last few days before the winter gets here. To, to do these things that these guys are going to talk about. You know, don't be waiting in line. Here you go. So, you know, one thing you need to make sure you check, you got good antifreeze in your vehicle. Absolutely. Because you know, if, if, an, if it's five years old or older, it needs to be replaced. Yeah. And, and another thing, too, Joe, you, how many do you see the first bad cold morning coming Sitting down the, the side of the road? Steam coming out from underneath the hood because yeah. they froze. And using when they freeze, yeah, it's, you're in trouble. Well, overheating will damage cylinder heads even when it's 15 degrees outside. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, only thing that will damage a head gasket is overheating. But you have to remember, if you check the, the antifreeze in it, if it's the freeze point's down to, like, 25 degrees, that's not good for Arkansas. Mm-mm. Because if it gets 15 degrees, it's going to freeze or slush up. And then if you drive it, that air flowing through that radiator without <laughs> it circulating does what, Duck? About 40 below. That's it. And it's going to quit circulating then it's gonna overheat all right so take it down for how low how low should you be set up for here in minus Arkansas? 15 minus 20 i okay. i used to put all like my 18 mm-hmm. wheelers and stuff i put them minus 40 because they run up i got some that runs up and up in up yankee north. land well yeah they're gonna we'll get up put there. them to 40 50 below mm-hmm. but the ones around here like on 18 wheeler i put them at minus 25 they're safe and if they do have to add a little water you know along the way we're still yeah. safe okay but, you know, uh, windshield wipers, they've been on this hot I'm, I'm going to change mine before I go on vacation. Now, I want to touch on that guy that called in and said that he flushed his cooling system. Now it overheats. Now. All right. Now, so if you're a do-it-yourselfer, or as Ken calls it, destroy it yourselfer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can come into one of our shops and get your cooling system flushed and new antifreeze put in it and everything done like it's supposed to be. For less than $150, right, Doc? Yeah. So yeah, it's not a big deal. And we furnish the antifreeze goes in yeah. there. So it's well worth getting it flushed and getting new coolant put in it. And, it, and it's not that expensive, and it'll be done right. And, and and another thing I do, too, Joe, is I ride underneath the hood somewhere with a magic marker. Mm-hmm. What it's down hey, to. Today's date, yep. it's minus 25, mm-hmm. new antifreeze. When we do that, when and I'm going to say in the next first day of fall, Dave, into September, the first week in October, I tell all my techs in the shop, Start whatever you're working on, check antifreeze on it from right now on. Yep. Because if it's low, if it needs antifreeze flush, we need to let people know that because if you wait till December or January, it's going to be a problem. That's going to be sitting and on the side of the road they're froze. Gonna, they're going to be saying, well, 
I had it over there, and they didn't tell me. So that yep. makes it our fault. So Yeah, and, and it don't take with just a minute to tip. Okay, it's minus 25. That's You're right. Fine. And if you write it on there and a the customer does raise the hood, which 99% of them don't, but it's there. It's rolled on there in a black magic marker. So, you know, and I not only that, but my guy, the next time he's servicing it, he knows, okay, it was 25 on this date. Okay, it's still 25. But, you know, that makes a world of difference. Oh, yeah, it helps a bunch. Wiper blades, like Duck said, need to change them. Change them in the spring. Change them in the fall. Get ready for winter. Check your hoses and your belts. And yeah. Just give it Look up. at your tires. You can't even hardly say Cold belts. Weather. It's like change check your belt mm-hmm. yeah because it's pretty much a serpent one isn't it? Belt. well when when we service your truck david's looked at yeah yeah and and they do have something like chevrolet pickup gmc pickup has two belts that's oh, okay. one that runs ac on the older ones okay. one that runs ac and one that runs everything else mm-hmm. all right i got a got a question for you guys james mcdaniel mm-hmm. says dave can you ask your experts on an 05 envoy xl my instrument cluster, the fuel and temperature gauge, don't work. Can yep. they rebuild them or point me to someone local that does? Thanks, sir. You're still the man. Yep, we can do that for you. Yep. Okay. Put motors in it. If either, you got either too one bad, of you? Yep. Okay, so yep. ducks or Joe? If yep. you got too bad, you just will go on and put them all in, ain't you, Joe? They're all going to fail generally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, always you sooner. I, if it's got one bad, I'll go and put one in, you know, well, I, I usually tell them, you know, your labor on it is this amount, whether I put one, one end in. or seven or six, yeah. how many gauges you got, and each stepper motor costs this much more. Generally, you get out for less than $300, where out. if you buy a reman cluster from GM, it's like 400 bucks plus you you spend five and a half buying a reman unit. Five and a half. In. Yeah. I bought one the other day with 700 Yeah. Wow. The printed circuit board was broke in it, and yeah. I, I tried to jump across it, solder it, yeah. but it wouldn't hold. It'd hold for a couple of days, and it, it'd be back. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I had to buy one. I want all my gauges working. I get I nervous like that my gauges too. aren't working. Yeah. I'm going to look up and say, oh, yeah, okay. Well, like a pilot. What's our altitude? Ah, I, mean, t- I don't know. I can't see anything there. <laughs> I see that, clouds. What's that mountain coming up? Yeah. <laughs> Take on it again, see if it come up working. Yeah, yeah are so. we are we high enough? Yeah, that's always, but you know. There's no problem to repair. Chong, you say, are we high enough? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I seen one of their movies the other night, Up in Smoke. <laughs> oh, yeah. We just. Yeah, they were pretty high, that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the car behind them was pretty high, too. Yeah, it was. I but instrument clusters movie. are no problem. Yeah, I mean, we can take care of them for you. Yeah. Okay. Keep that in mind. All but, right. So wipers, know, antifreeze, tires, of course. Yes. Brakes. Check your brakes. I mean, basically, we're going to give you a good looking over to make sure you don't have problems that you need to take care of. And as Joe knows, and I've told customers, hey, look, let's take care of these three things first. We'll take care of three more later on. If 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 you have a long laundry list and and you you know you're you're saying I don't know if I want to spend that kind of money on my car yeah you, you well I do after they go look at a new one and say yeah I do it's fix that but I can't spend all my money right now if you'll just tell us all right we'll prioritize these are what you need to do right now these can wait three or four weeks or this one can wait another yeah. six months whatever you need we can help you make those decisions so you can spend your money wisely and in a timely manner not just clump you up with a great big repair order when you could have 
put you in a bind when you could have waited a little bit and made it a little easier. Let me give a really good personal <laughs> story about that. I always have my tires uh, rotated every two oil changes. And every time they rotate the tires, he gets tired of hearing from me, Joe does, because I say, do I need front brakes? Do I need front brakes? <laughs> no. And he always tells me, you look. He goes up with his flashlight. You know Joe well enough. He gets up there with his flashlight. And he's looking. He goes, nah, you still got about 10%. You don't need them yet. Well. No use of, no use of not using that 10%, Dave. That's what he always says. I feel like I talk to my dad sometimes. <laughs> well, if you could get, say, say you get 60,000 miles out of a set of front brake pads, the average person, or non-average, I don't know. But I know Dave's travels are on the freeway, you yep. see? And I take that in consideration. If he was driving around town. Stopping and going. Stopping, stopping and going, and I'd going. say 10%, let's change him. Yeah, before you eat rotors all That's correct, up. because that's going to go away quickly. But if you're on the highway and put, you know, 100 miles a day on it on the freeway, the other trips are meaningless because there's no brakes on that. But let's just say 60,000 miles on a set of pads. If they're half wore out, you can still go 30. Yeah. If they're a quarter wore out, you can still go 15. If you're down to 10%, that's still 10,000. Or it's like, what is that? Still 8,000 miles. That's a lot miles. of miles. Yeah. That's right. And you, and, you know, money's money. You can spend it now. You can wait 8,000. We can do it when they're due. And, you know, and, and another thing, too, you're talking about that, Joe. Most people are going to get their car serviced when yeah. they're supposed to. When that little sticker comes up, or the, I, yeah. I go by my dash. Yeah. I don't I don't even put a sticker on it no more just because when it spits it out, it tells me, hey, it's time to service it. That's it. You know, and, and the thing about that is if I know and if I tell you, hey, Joe, your mm-hmm. next oil change, you're going to need, you're gonna need brakes, yeah. you're going to remember it. That's exactly right. Plus, when it pulls up on a computer, it's going to have a note in there anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys, we're out of time. Joe, thanks, thanks for you, coming Dave. in. Thank you, Doug. We'll about see you in about weeks. three weeks, brother. Yeah. You take care. Yeah. Uh, good luck let on your that, son, Let your son know. He's I'll up this Saturday. Yeah, I'll tell Teresa to call you. He's so. ready to go. All right. We'll All take right. a break. Thank you, Dave. It's Dave Ellswick's show. Truth. Let's talk about it when we come back. All right. So the next article I'm going to be talking uh, from, I've uh, sent it to Elizabeth. Elizabeth has put it on my Facebook page. And uh, you want to check it out. It's from the Daily Wire, or if you can just go to dailywire.com, just look up the article from uh, Matt Walsh for today. It's excellent. Already has uh, well past 12,000 views. And uh, we can add to that. And he's talking about something that uh, I've talked about before and that I think is really, really relevant and important that we talk about and understand. And that has to do with uh, what Walt says, stop speaking your truth. So let me, I'm just going to read this because it's so well written. I mean, I, I couldn't have read an article that encapsulated better what I believe than this article right here. He says, trying desperately to take the mantle of most insufferable corporate panderer from Gillette. Calvin Klein recently unveiled a new ad campaign featuring obese people in their underpants. A massive 4,000 square foot billboard erected in Manhattan shows one such model with the message, quote, 
I speak my truth, hashtag, in my Calvins. This is just the latest and largest iteration of the Speak My Truth slogan, which is repeated incessantly now in our culture, especially since Oprah identified speaking your truth as the most powerful tool that we have. And we can do more than just speak our truth. According to Tony Loren, we can also stand in our truth. Of course, the problem with this mantra is the possessive pronoun sandwiched conspicuously in between speak and truth. Truth is great, and speaking it is admirable. It might even be good to stand in it on on occasion if you're wearing the proper foot attire. But you cannot speak or stand in or do anything at all with your truth because there is no such thing. And I've argued this on the air many a time. There is only truth and untruth. There is reality and unreality. There is correct and incorrect. Every statement or assertion will fall into one category or the other, or a combination of the two. The speak your truth idiom tries to create a third category in addition to truth and untruth. My truth. But if my truth is the same as the truth, then it isn't mine at all. It isn't my truth that sharks have dorsal fins, for instance, even if I assert the truth and express my agreement with it. It isn't even the shark's truth. It is rather a universal truth that stands apart from and beyond and over myself and the shark and everyone else. It just is, and all a rational person can do is accept it. However, if my truth contradicts the truth, then it is indeed mine, but it isn't actually truth. If I say that my truth is that I have a dorsal fin, I am simply mistaken or lying or hallucinating. It may be my impression or my belief or my conviction or my desire that I have a dorsal fin, but it isn't my truth. It isn't any kind of truth at all. In this case, my truth is just another way of saying falsehood. It might be argued that speak your truth really means something closer to speak your mind or share your story. If that's what you're meaning, then that's what you should be saying. It's clear, however, that many people who use the phrase do actually mean it literally. We are raising an entire generation to believe that they can invent their own truths, which will be just as legitimate as, if not more legitimate than the truth. The rash of creative new gender identities is a one example of this. If a man says he is a woman, 
Or if a woman says she isn't a woman, but she's still a lesbian, or if a dude in a terrifying Dalmatian costume says that he is a dog, then we are supposed to accept and affirm these claims as the unique and valid truths of these individuals. This is all nonsense, of course, and I've been speaking out on this for years now. And a symptom of our collective madness, the truth cannot be changed according to our whims and our desires, and it cannot be owned by anyone. All we can do with the truth is acknowledge it, deny it, assert it, or allege it. Though I suppose speak your assertion of alleged truth doesn't quite have the same ring to it. I couldn't have said that any better, and that's why I read it all. It's exactly the way it is. Who we got here? Matthew? Is that who I want to talk to? Matthew joins us here on the Dave Ellswick hey, Show. David. What's up? Hey. Hey, I just wanted to share something with you. Um, I learned it back in college. It's a quote from my professor, one of them at least. His name was Vincent. Um, he said, the perspective of the truth is much more important than the truth itself, even if only slightly different, because it's what people act upon. Mm. And it's just something I've lived by, like, ever since. Because it is really the truth that the perspective is really what matters the most. Well, I, I don't agree with you. I think the truth matters most. And and we can never let that go because when we do, then we end up in our culture with the way people think today, which is, well, my perception is, you know, perception is reality is another way of saying just what you said. Perception is reality. No, it's not. Perception is not reality. Reality is reality. Perception is your personal opinion of that does not mean it uh, that what you're what what you're taking in is the, the the reality give you a good example last week story came out saying that uh it was they were changing the law and uh if your child was born uh over in the military over on a base they weren't going to be a citizen Well, somebody read uh, a story, and their perception of the story was that that's what it said. In reality, that's not what it said. So it was not dealing with the truth at all. We must get back to, in our, our culture, of having the truth. There is truth, there is untruth. I like the way Walsh said it. Uh, He said it so well in this article. Let me find uh, the small part of of the uh, part that he said. He says, You cannot speak or stand in or do anything at all with your truth because there is no such thing. There is only truth and untruth. There is reality and unreality. There is correct and there is incorrect. Every statement or assertion will fall into one category or the other, or perhaps a combination 
of the two. Partial truth. Okay, truth, untruth, partial truth. It's what it comes down to. And uh, it the whole thing of you've got to accept things as somebody's personal truth is not true. I'll accept it if it's the truth. But if it's not the truth, I'm going to look at you and, and say it's not the truth. Somebody, if a man looks at me and says, you know, I identify as a woman, so I'm really a woman, I'm going to look at, at him and I'm going to say, no, you're not. Biology says you're not. You're not a woman. And we should not change laws uh, in our society for something that is not true. Period. We'll talk more when we come back. It's it's it, it's something that kids are coming out of high school with saying. College kids say it. You'll hear it on. You watch some of these TV shows and the talk shows. And well, my truth says there is no such thing. How about you say my opinion? I'll I'll take opinion. It's my opinion that. But your opinion is based on you know how you've experienced life or whatever. It does not necessarily mean it is true. All right, a break. More of the Dave Ellswick Show coming your way. All right, so I'm just going to tell you, you're going to have to stick to this because the left will tell you that there's really no truth. All right, that there really isn't no truth. It's situational. You've heard this, Russ. This one is one that you've heard. Situational tr- truth, rationalizing things out. It could be true, could not be true. That kind of, Look, something's either true or it's not true. It's either true that we went to the moon or it's uh, true that we didn't go to the moon. Uh, it's either true we went to the moon or it's untrue. There's no, we didn't go halfway and turn around and come back, okay? And that's the point that I'm, I'm trying to make here. And you're either a man or you're a man or you're a woman, Uh as far as uh, everything else that goes on, uh, it's just something that you got to deal with, you know, and, and you you got to be willing to stand up, uh, stand up. I'm not saying stand in, but stand up for the truth. And guess what? The truth may not be what the culture wants to hear. That that That's for sure. There's a lot of things that I uh, know are true that uh, people in this culture, the way we are now, don't want to hear it because they believe that if you want to be a woman, even though you were born uh, a male, that you can be. And it's not true. I don't care if you have the operation, cut off your, you know, your your berries and your and your twig. You're still not a woman. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Make my point, archaeologist digs you up 200 years from now and all he finds is your skeleton. Guess what? You're a man still. That's what you be, what you are. Deal with it. And it worries me that some of the things that we're saying uh, is true uh, could be a form of mental illness. And people need treatment for it. And I do believe people who think that they're not what they are, they think that there's something else 
uh, probably have a mental illness and they need treatment. And that is the best thing that we can do for them, not stand with them and say, well, they're, they're this or they're that, and they're not. I mean, you, you ask a person, they come up to you and, and they say, you know, John over there is, we're going to call, start calling him Joan because he feels like he's a woman uh, and and we're going to agree with him. Let me just, if John came up to you and said that, uh, you know, he really felt like he was, let's just pick an animal. I Really, I'm a dog. I identify as a dog. Would you look at your friend and tell them, well, okay, so you're a dog. Are you just going to agree with that? Or are you going to say, you're not a dog? What are you talking about? Take a look at, go look, just look in the mirror. See some just objective truth right there in the mirror. You are what you are. You're not what you, what you aren't. And it, uh, and, and some, although I guess some people now they would think, I'm really going to, you know, I got to, I got to help them. I'm helping them by letting them know that I stand with them, even in their untruth. Even if it's really harming them and not helping them. I mean, I don't, I don't understand our culture in that right now. Facts don't matter to a lot of people anymore. You give them a truthful fact, and they say, well, I don't accept that. I think it's this. Well, you might think it's this, but it's not. Look, you might think 2 plus 2 equals 6, but it doesn't. I don't care if if your truth says that it's 6. Your truth is wrong because it's not truth in any way, shape, or form. And I like the way Walsh put it, truth, untruth, reality, unreality. It's bottom line. That is the truth for you. And you can try to rationalize it. You can try to change it. You can try to talk your way around it. But don't look at me and say, well, my truth, because if your truth is not true, then it's not truth at all. And my doesn't have anything to say about it at all period zip nada not a not at all so i'll uh i'll 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 leave that there for you well last night justice ginsburg was uh is uh was here she said that uh, her work on the bench saved her during her cancer treatments Judge, by the way, was given a rock star reception. Uh, was uh, totally sold out at Verizon last night to hear her and and uh, what she had to say. Ginsburg told the packed arena that she was feeling very good following the 86-year-old's disclosure last month that she had completed three weeks of outpatient radiation therapy for a cancerous tumor on her pancreas and is now disease free. It was the fourth time over the past two decades that Ginsburg, the leader of the court's liberal wing, has been treated for cancer. She had uh, 
uh, you know, colon cancer in 99, pancreatic cancer in 09, and lung cancer surgery in December. Quote, I think my work is what saved me because instead of dwelling on my physical discomforts, if I have an opinion to write or a brief to read, I know I just got to get it done, so I have to get over it. She said during a one-hour interview on stage, about 13,000 attended the event, which was hosted by the Clinton Foundation and the uh, University of Arkansas Clinton School of Public Service. And more had been on a waiting list to attend. All right, news is next. We'll come back and finish it up for today. Okay, let's continue on. We've got about uh, 25 minutes left here on a uh, a Wednesday hump day, middle weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on uh, Monday. Tomorrow, J.R. Davis is in, uh, the governor's spokesman. We'll be talking with him in the first hour. And in the 4 o'clock hour, Dr. Tim Lim will join me. We'll talk about, he's going to be at the uh, Little Rock Comic Con He'll talk about his uh, uh, new uh, comics that he has out. We'll also talk to him uh, about political things as well, because he's uh, he's a political wonk as well as uh, the rest of us. And then, uh, by the way, you who are on Facebook, if you'll look down uh, on the picture today, I've got the brand new uh, Trump hat in that says, uh, keep America great. And uh, easy for you to see that now. Uh, we've uh, moved the camera around a little bit. We've moved some of our cardboard stand-ups around. We've got Ronald Reagan standing up in the back, and you can see him. Uh, and then right behind me, we got the president, Donald Trump. Well, a hearing for a local police officer fired in a deadly force case started up again today. Officer Charles Starks is trying to get his job back at being fired following the shooting death of Bradley Blackshear earlier this year. And uh, Mitchell McCoy uh, has been covering this, and he's doing it on Twitter. He is uh, with KARK4 News and Fox 16, and I've uh, been kind of keeping up with him about uh, what he's, he's writing. And let me go back about three, start with the first uh, uh, tweet that he sent out so we can just kind of follow uh, what's been going on. There's been quite uh, quite a few. And let's see what uh, what we got here. I got to get to the very bottom here as I move along. And let's see. Boom, 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 boom. All right. He evidently was out uh, last night at Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I've got that far back, but I that's too far back. Got to find where to start. Let's see. All right. This is from nine hours ago. The Civil Service Commission has resumed the hearing involving former officer Charles Starks. Starks is fighting for his job back after being fired earlier this year following a fatal police shooting. Retired Little Rock Police Department Sergeant James Stevens handled the internal affairs case. He is on the stand now. Sergeant Stevens just testified internal affairs review usually begins after prosecutor makes decision. He says he was asked by PD to complete his review within 24 hours, which he says has never happened before. Sergeant Stevens says acting chief Wayne uh, Booley told him the mayor's office wanted it completed. 
and processed in a rush. Quote, I was never given that short amount of time, unquote, says Sergeant Stevens. Sergeant Stevens, Blackshire used deadly force against Officer Starks. Officer Starks returned deadly force. The city is now questioning the witness. Sergeant Stevens says, just because the file was rushed, it didn't have any impact on how the opinion came out. He says, it only would have given him time to write it up better. Sergeant Stevens says he usually completes a case in about 20 days. He says this allows for Eternal Affairs to have discussions about the case to make sure it's complete. Next, Captain Heath Helton now on the stand. He testified that he believes this should not be considered a traffic stop. The city argues otherwise. Captain Helton says he received the internal affairs file and the violation was already sustained, which he says isn't normal practice. Captain Helton says he does not believe Stark should have been fired. Then Lieutenant Dana Jackson now testifying. He says when he received the internal case file, it already showed Stark's violation had already been sustained. Lieutenant Jackson says he believes Starks shouldn't have been disciplined. Starks' former sergeant now on the stand testifying. We're hearing from the former officer's chain of command about the internal review. The attorney for Starks is running through different scenarios with Starks' sergeant. Sergeant says he believes Starks did what he we could give, given the fact what he could, given the fact Blackshire backed into a parking spot. Now, Officer Simpson, the officer that drove up during the shooting, is testifying. Officer Simpson says the only thing he saw as he drove up was Officer Starks on the hood of Blackshire's car. Then he heard shots fired. He says at that point, he didn't know who was firing. Officer Simpson says he doesn't believe this should be considered a traffic stop. And then Little Rock Police Department training sergeant says the agency does not train for the scenario Starks was involved in, particularly if a car is backed into a space. She says LRPD hasn't implemented any training regarding the scenario. Sergeant says they are, in fact, working on a training scenario for next year after this police shooting. This is breaking now. This is 18 minutes ago. Assistant Chief, uh, the Assistant Chief Wayne uh, Bewley has been called to testify in the Starks hearing. Bewley says after the shooting, he got a brief update to notify the media, update the mayor and city manager. Uh, we got the last two of these tweets. This is five minutes ago. Bruley says he authorized overtime and extra personnel to get the file completed thoroughly. Two minutes ago, he testified that it's not unusual for follow-up documents to be sent to the prosecutor's office. And that was the uh, the end of today. So there, there we have. We got a lot of people 
taking the stand now. Sounds like they are falling upon uh, on Stark's side here, that uh, they don't feel that he did anything wrong, that he did what only he could have done in the circumstances uh, that he was stuck in, that the officers have never been tra- uh, trained in, in how to handle this situation, and that uh, they are going to make that part of training from now on. I think the most damning parts of this whole thing is that the mayor wanted done wanted it done ASAP. Uh, the guy who was from Internal Affairs was told he had 24 hours, and he says in his testimony that normally it takes him up to 20 days to do this type of an investigation. So we'll keep following this as it uh, as it goes on, and uh, we'll keep uh, following uh, McCoy's uh, Twitter feed as he covers what's going on with the uh, the Starks case. All right, let's get a final break in, and then we'll come back and finish up uh, today's show uh, here for the Dave Ellswick Show on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. You know, as crazy as things have gotten, they continue to get crazier. Absolutely nuts. I was talking the other day, yesterday, in fact, about the uh, former Marine that was put in a psychiatric uh, unit for 20 days and had his guns taken away uh, because they said that he he was showing all of the, (coughs) excuse me, actions of a terrorist because he said if Antifa people started going out and killing people, he would kill Antifa people. And the federal government, the FBI, used the Oregon uh, state laws to take this guy down. But they've done nothing uh, to go after Antifa. Now we have the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. (coughs) Excuse me. Who passed a resolution yesterday declaring that the National Rifle Association, that's correct, the NRA, is a domestic terrorist organization, and the officials also urged other city, states, and the federal government to follow suit. Now, I'm going to say, of course, this is a resolution. It's not a law. But how long before they try to pass something of legal merit if they can get a resolution through? District 2 Supervisor Catherine Stefani wrote the resolution and shared her thoughts on the NRA with the television station KTVU. Quote, the NRA has it coming to them, she said, and I will do everything I possibly can to call them out on what they are, which is a domestic terrorist organization, unquote. After citing some statistics about gun violence in the United States, like that there's been more than one mass shooting per day in the country in 2019, which is not true, by the way, uh, Stefani got local with how gun violence has impacted the Bay Area. She cited the shooting at the Gilroy Garlic Festival on July 28th 
referencing, uh, referencing uh, Stephen Romeo, Keila Salazar, and Trevor Irby, who were killed by gunman Santino William Legan in what she called a, quote, senseless act of gun violence that day, unquote. Later in the resolution, which the board passed unanimously, the NRA is blamed for causing gun violence. Uh, the, here's what the resolution reads. The National Rifle Association musters its considerable wealth and organizational strength to promote gun ownership and incite gun owners to acts of violence. You know, I have never gotten anything in the mail. I'm a lifetime member uh, from the NRA that promoted for me to go out and commit acts of violence. Russ, has that ever happened to you? Negative. Okay. The re- resolution of course, also... I'm not a member of the NRA, but I've still never seen them say anything to anybody about going out and promoting acts of violence. Yeah, In fact, never. coming up as a Boy Scout, the NRA held astute stature with the Boy Scouts because they taught how to safely handle guns. All right. Listen to the rest of this resolution. The resolution also claims that the NRA spreads propaganda, promotes extremist positions, and has, through its advocacy, has armed those individuals who would and have committed acts of terrorism. Does he, has the NRA gone out and sold anybody, specifically a, a mass shooter, guns? I don't think so. In addition to calling the NRA a domestic terrorist organization, the Board of Supervisors called on the city and county of San Francisco to, quote, take every reasonable step to limit entities who do business with the city and county of San Francisco from doing business with the NRA. Got to think that they might open themselves up to lawsuits. And I hope they get their pants sued off of them. Totally off of them. Amazing. I think things can't get any nuttier. And then that one pops up. Unbelievable. Marianne Williamson, you know, she's the uh, kind of the... uh, the 60s girl, <laughs> best way I can put it, is running for the Democrat uh, presidential race, wants to be a presidential candidate, revealed that she did not think the left was, quote, so mean and, quote, lied like this until she ran for president as an outsider candidate. Quote, I know this sounds naive. I didn't think the left was so mean. I didn't think the left lied like this, Williamson told the New Yorker's David Remnick in an interview. I thought the right did that. I thought we were better. Williamson accused the left of lying about her use of crystals and crystal gazing, telling Remnick that there has never been a crystal on stage at any of her events and there is no crystal in her home. She accused those on the left of also falsely accusing her of having told AIDS patients not to take their medicines or implying that, quote, loveless, unquote, causes diseases and love is enough to cure their diseases. 
I'm Jewish, I go to the doctor, Williamson said, ripping those on the left for labeling her as an anti-science candidate who does not believe in modern medicine. Williamson has in recent weeks criticized the political media industrial complex and warned Democrats that nominating a conventional or establishment candidate to go against President Trump in 2020 could be disastrous. Now, Williamson will not be at the third debate next week in Houston, though she has met the 130,000 unique donor requirements for the second round of debate. She needs three more qualifying polls of 2% to qualify. Criticizing the nominating process, Williamson recently said on MSNBC that there should be a, quote, deeper conversation than just the horse race, unquote, and wonder why so few polls approved by the DNC were released prior to September's debate deadline. She added that that she is not dropping out of the race, though, because she could qualify for the October debate, and her campaign is about consciousness and inspiration. Williamson also warned that process-obsessed Democrats, process-obsessed Democrats, can nominate a presidential candidate who specializes in the insider politics game. Such a candidate, according to Williamson, will not be suited to defeat a phenomenon like Trump because that type of Democrat is going to be bringing a knife to a gunfight. Pretty interesting. That's all the time I got to share with she you She just today. put a gun in Trump's hand. Yeah, don't bring, don't bring a, a, a knife to a gunfight. I'm not going to say that. See, that, that, that's going crazy, doing the crazy stuff. I'm not going to do the crazy stuff. I understand what she's saying. She's saying they won't have what it takes to beat Trump. And she's right. Quoting she's right. They're not going to be able to do it. Yeah, there you go. You're quoting Indy, man. If you quote Indy, it's got to be the truth. Just saying. <laughs> you don't want to go to a gunfight with a knife. There's no doubt about that. Hey, tomorrow, J.R. Davis is going to start us off. The governor's spokesperson will be talking to him. Uh, we'll we'll have things to talk about. I think we'll probably come back up with the whole, probably bring up the red flag laws again. People still think the governor is all about red flag laws. I go by what the governor says. Show me a red flag law that has due process and I can think about it. So with that in mind, since we all know red flag laws do not exist that have due process, then you don't have to worry about a red flag law. Um, I You know, I just wish they, if they would get away from trying to play the middle against both sides, uh, they, they would be, I think, would do better. But it is what it is. Dr. Tim Lim will join us uh, in the 4 o'clock hour. Can't wait to get him on. He's always a fun guy to have on. We're going to talk about with him uh, what he's doing with uh, his comics. Uh, man is a audiologist and works at UAMS uh, and a professor, and in fact, a doctor, and uh, does that for a living, and then does comics uh, as his sidebar, and he's a great artist. Uh, but we'll be talking to him about what Breitbart always says about culture, that politics is downstream from culture, and what's going on in culture flows down to pol- 
political realities. It may not be the truth. It may not be reality, but people react to it. That's never a good thing. So we'll talk about that uh, tomorrow. You have a great evening. I'll see you again tomorrow. I'll start it up at 2 p.m. with uh, J.R. Davis, the governor's spokesman. Until then, have a great evening. I'm going to go get some Chinese and head home and have dinner. Good night, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.